Welcome to the Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast with your host, two-time defending ATV motocross national champion, Cody Jensen. Am I on air? What's up, everybody? We're back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to episode 53 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, our high point review episode presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, available for purchase at shop.csttires.com. We have another jam-packed episode for you tonight, full of content that you won't find anywhere else. Logan Tremellen of Tremellen Media House will join us to help break down all the action from High Point. And this week's episode will also feature an array of guests that will stop by for some great conversations. Fresh off his third career pro-class podium finish, Brandon Hogue will join us to talk about his best overall performance as a professional and help me deliver maybe the most important message we could ever talk about here on the show. Really looking forward to this, one of my favorite conversations we've ever featured on the podcast. As the show rolls on, national championship winning mechanic and mechanic of the year award winner Michael Bird will join us. Michael works for Baldwin Motorsports during the week and wrenches for seven-time AMA ATV Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan on the weekend. So needless to say, you can find him at the absolute epicenter of ATV racing. Listen as he tells us how he found himself wrenching for two legends, takes us underneath the Wienan Motorsports 10 and inside the walls at Baldwin Motorsports, gives us the best insight yet when it comes to the pro stock debacle, and so much more. And finally, Aaron Salinas drops by for the first time ever here at Digging Deep. After celebrating his first ever Pro-Am Moto win to finding himself at the center of one of the gnarliest wrecks in recent memory, this star in the making experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows at High Point. You're going to come away from this conversation as a big fan of Aaron's, so stay tuned for that later in the episode. We've got a busy episode ahead, so let's not waste any more time, shall we? Thanks to all of you who are playing Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy with us. A reminder that teams do not roll over from the previous event, so you must visit ATVFantasy.com over the course of the next few days to select your four-rider team and lock it in before the gate drops in Georgia. Remember, picks lock in at 12.30 Eastern Time on Saturday. Head over to ATVFantasy.com today to select your team and for additional info. Next up, thanks to our sponsors who are all on board with us tonight, CST Tires, Go to shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43, Bike Strikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Their clippers rock, their nose hair trimmer is amazing, and they have some brand new industry-leading products that just hit the market as well. So check out Manscaped. I wish I would have sooner. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support all these great companies that support us and for any products that fall through the cracks click that rocky mountain atvmc banner on our website to help us out the season is here racing is heating up and we both know you need parts and gear no matter what off-road gear parts you need rocky mountain atvmc has you covered so before you buy click that rocky mountain atvmc banner on our website to help us out in a major way we can't thank you enough for that now the 30 second board is up it's sideways and the gate is down Time to dig deep. Let's go. 
All right, guys, here to help break down all the action from High Point from Tremellon Media House. Say hello to Mr. Logan Tremellon. Welcome back, buddy. Happy to have you. Thanks so much for having me on, Cody. It's, um, it's a pleasure. You've been here and uh, you're back again. You chose to return. So I'm glad that uh, glad to know that um, you enjoyed it enough to rejoin the show. And this should be a lot of fun because there was a lot of craziness at high point, plenty of stuff to talk about and um, some topics to tie up from uh, the previous round as well. Um, And I have to believe that being from Pennsylvania, like you are, uh, you had to be stoked to have high point back on the schedule for the first time since 2018. I know you were still more in racer mode back when uh, the series was last there. Um, But uh you know, good to, good to be back at undeniably uh, historic facility um, out there and a staple of the series for so many years, a staple for uh, American motor, uh, motocross as a whole. So um, had to be cool to be back at high point. Don't you think? Oh yeah. I was so excited to go back there. High point for my, for me personally, I had a life changing wreck there and I was so happy to go back and you know, make it a positive place to be at. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yep. I remember, I remember some of that, like it was yesterday and uh, yeah, it was great to be back at the races in general, really. Um, track was great. What weather was uh, spectacular. It was picture perfect. And speaking of picture perfect, Joel Hetrick was at the top of the board. Every time he hit the racetrack uh, first in both qualifiers, one, one in the motos led every lap. It was uh it was the Joel Hetrick show at high point. He led every he he was the top of the show in every race but the second pro stock class. But yeah, yeah in, in the pro class, Joel was just dominant. Like mm-hmm. he really nobody had anything for him. He looked smooth. He looked consistent. And I mean, yeah, he just brought it home. And man, he's been so good on that Yamaha and he's been so good at high point over the years. Um, he was so dominant on Saturday, yet none of it came as a surprise. It's like it's almost like what we expected, you know? I, I think once everybody saw him at Daytona, they kind of knew what to expect from Joel this entire year. And I was lucky enough to see it before Daytona because I shot with him in yeah. Florida beforehand. Yep. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to stop him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Joel wins by double digits, uh, double digit seconds in, in both pro motos there on Saturday, uh, chopped that points lead down to just seven points for Chad Weenan. And Chad had a, had a solid two, two day, just didn't get, uh, the starts that he needed, um, to give Joel a run for his money. It felt like. Yeah. I mean, I think start wise, Joel's always been there, but now the extra power on the Yamaha and the fact that he's so much smaller than Chad, I'm sure that's just a huge huge benefit to Joel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, when Joel gets a whole shot and Chad doesn't, I mean, that's not going to bode well, like that's just, or, or probably even vice versa, right? Like, um, you can't give the the other guy a head start and think that you're going to catch him. Yeah. I mean, I think both motos at Texas, Chad came out like after the first lap, I think he was in fourth and mm-hmm. second moto at high point, same thing. He was sitting mm-hmm. in fourth, fifth, right around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, hard fought three, three podium finish on the day for, uh, for Brandon Hogue. We anticipated that he was going to be good at high point, remembering back to how good he was in 2018 and man, um, he lived up to the hype. This was, um, and we're going to have him on the show here in a moment, but this was his best performance of his professional career. In my mind, he was clearly the third best guy, um, on the day. And in that first moto, he had to go through like that whole, 
you know, second tier of riders or whatever, if you want to use that terminology, um, he had to go through all those other gnarly guys and he did. So, uh, that was a really, really, really good ride for Brandon. Super impressive. Yeah. Brandon rode great. I, some of the footage I have, there's like five of them literally bumper to bumper yeah. and Brandon wasn't in the front. So he definitely had a battle with those guys the entire race. And then the second race, I have footage of him and Bryce literally hitting each other multiple times. Like it's, right. it was crazy. The battle that was going on and Brandon definitely showed that he was the third place guy this weekend. Yeah, he was, he was gnarly. What do you say? Let's uh, let's get Brandon in here to talk about his uh, third career pro class podium finish. All right, guys. So last week we had this guy on to talk about a career day at high point 2018. And now three years later, he had yet another career day in Southwestern Pennsylvania brought to you by CST tires. Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CST takeover. CST's pulse MXR tires and soft and standard compounds are available at shop.csttires.com. Help me welcome back fresh off the podium, Mr. Brandon Hogue. What's up, mate? Congrats on uh, uh, killer day once again at High Point. What's up, mate? Yeah, thanks for thanks for the intro and thanks for having me back, dude. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like it was only right. You know, obviously, um, you were one of the stories I kind of wanted to feature uh, in the previous episode. Kind of some really good memories at High Point. So um, fresh in everybody's mind after that was uh, you know how how fire you were in 2018 and uh so to redo it at a place where you've seen some success before and to think about how far you've come since since high point 2018 to high point 2021 it had to be pretty cool but to return there and then uh i don't know have those good vibes you know kind of pay off um that had to be pretty special for you yeah yeah it was special and the you know like going back to that place i was confident going in and everything just worked out that way um like i i guess you know like how we talked in our previous episode high points been good to me so i knew going in that it was going to be good and then when i saw the track the track was the same you know like as, as the years passed so mm-hmm. yeah. i knew it would be hopefully a good weekend and the, and the weather was good and i knew it was ready for me to come out it's crazy too how how mentally that works it's like oh like i don't know it just feels like momentum it could have been three years later it was three years later but it still feels like momentum when uh um you know you did well on that track once before it's like you just go into things with uh i don't know with this optimism it feels like truly feels like momentum so um third career pro class podium for you, buddy. Um, but I think this might've been the, the, the strongest overall performance from you. I think that we've seen to date in your professional career, because, um, you know, you were in the, you, you were in the mix. We can talk about it in a minute here, how crazy those battles were those top five battles, but, um, you were really in control of that top three spot, or maybe I should say you, you just had, it's like you had, you had set yourself apart from that group and the way that you were riding um so both motos to do it in both motos and be clearly the podium guy um this was your best performance as a pro to me yep i I agree i think that this was the best i've performed uh i mean i have had podiums in the past but this one was you know like i do feel like that third place spot was mine i've heard some things already that like people think maybe otherwise but no, I, I tried to really prove myself like, you know, I took advantage of the day that I felt great. Um, like even in, in the qualifying, I didn't qualify well, but I knew. I, so 
I had issues in both qualifiers with my bike and, oh, okay. you know, I, I ended up like seventh, but I knew like going back to the trailer where I was at, I knew that if I could have put one good lap together, it was not going to be a seven. Sure. And so that, that helped me too. And, um, and it also fired me up. Like I was really upset at the beginning of the day because I felt like there were some things out of my control and I was kind of worried that the race was, you know, like not going to be how it could be, but it was out of my control. So I, I had that for, you know, firing me up for the motos too. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I love to hear. Um, and, and I was going to say that before you just touched on what you touched on there, but you have a totally different sound in your voice now on the last episode. And I, and I know how you are. So I'm sure those first couple races, uh, had wore you down a little bit in these big gaps. So you can't, mm-hmm. uh, kind of flush it all or whatever, but you have, uh, you have, I don't know. There's an upbeatness in your voice right now that I love to hear. Obviously you should sound that way after the weekend you just had, but it had to feel good to um, kind of get back to where you thought you, you deserve to be where you need to be. Um, I feel like that just makes every little thing in life a, a little better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, like when I, after Texas, I was in such a bad spot and it took a lot a lot of like thinking to realize that, you know, it's early in the year. Texas was not my style of track, but you know, like the biggest thing for me mentally, physically, everything is, is my prep going into the races and Mm -hmm. going into high point. My prep was phenomenal. Like, like my riding was great quality. I didn't have bike issues. I had engines running and like my, you know, I could finish motos if I wanted a moto or if I was doing sprints everything was just perfect. Like the tracks I was riding and, and my training, like I've been so disciplined in my, like I self coach myself. Right. And it's really hard sometimes to be um, like self-disciplined to your own stuff. But I, I realized like, you know, maybe in the past I haven't been as disciplined as I need to be. So I really made sure my prep going into this race with my training and riding was just exactly what I planned myself for. And I nailed every session. And that is like, that is me as a racer. That is what matters most. Like if my diet is great, my training is great. And my riding is quality. I'm going to go race and, you know, I'll probably be a different person compared to like the prep I had going into Texas, man, the prep was terrible. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a big thing before we kind of talk about the motos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I feel like there's no better feeling going to the line, knowing like everything's the way it needs to be. Like your, your prep is good. You're ready. Like there's no better feeling than going to the line, knowing like I'm good. Like I've done everything I need to do. I'm like set up to succeed in these races. The mm-hmm. worst, the worst feeling is going to the line saying, man, I wish I would have done this. I should have done this. I wish this was this way. I wish that was that way. That's the worst feeling. I feel like that's kind of what you're touching on, right? Like it's like, it's yeah. done all the work. Like everything's went, the, the prep work is done and it's went well. There's nothing to question you know, like, like you've yeah. done all you need to do. Uh, you know, I've set the table for myself and now it's time to eat. Yep, exactly. Like the, the, the training side. So, um, I am literally addicted to everything with training and nutrition and making sure that every single thing I do from sleep mm-hmm. to every calorie I eat, right. Is like yep. going to make me perform on the race. Yep. And 
this whole prep, like, I mean, from the last two weeks going into high point, I swear to you, like, I made sure, you know, dude, I tracked every calorie, like, yeah. made sure, you know, everything was so dialed in and, yeah. and my resting heart rates were dropping right before the race. Like all these little things that not a lot of people really understand. Yeah. I always use, and I knew that Saturday was going to be my day to at least, you know, go to my full potential. So. Yeah, that's, that's special. And I've, I've thought about this so much, um, you know, over the course of the last handful of years that it's a crazy thought to think as a racer, every single thing you do is built. So you peak at mm-hmm. that day at that time. And there's only so, I mean, there's only so many of, of, you guys that are doing it that way. And then it mm-hmm. sounds like, I mean, you're one of the very, very, very few that are taking it to the extreme. And like you talked about when you're, when you're self-disciplined and self-trained and everything like you are, I feel like that probably makes, um, you know, the highs and the, and the, the, you know, the great experiences, like what this podium is, it probably makes it that much more special because you know how much you're, you're suffering or sacrificing to get that. Look, yeah. So I, this is my honest, this is how I look at my racing and everything. Okay. I do not feel talented. I know that people say otherwise, I don't feel talented. When I was growing up, I was a slow racer and never finished, you know, top five at nationals, whatever. So I knew that that wasn't the strong suit for me and I have to pick it up somewhere else. And like, Mm -hmm. to me, that's my training and nutrition and sleep and heart Mm -hmm. rates and like all the stuff I do behind the scenes that people don't do. Yep. is where I catch up and where I make up to where I am. Like, you know, I got a third place. So yeah, it wasn't a win, but where I'm at, like, those are the things I need to do for myself. You know, like I, I'm not, I'm not a talented kid to where I can go slack off and then show up on race day and freaking, you know, rip. I got to do the stuff that people won't do. Um, and that's, what's gotten me to where I am today. Well, I mean, the way I've always viewed it is, and I know you take this to the extreme. I mean, you're such a grinder, but if I can, if you can give yourself that advantage, if I can give myself that advantage, like Mm -hmm. that's like, that's why wouldn't you, you know, I mean, it takes somebody like you, who's as disciplined as you are, who's steadfast as you are, but that's kind of always been, and again, I don't want to compare myself to you, but that's kind of always been my thinking too. Like, Hey, if I can give myself some advantage, why wouldn't I, you know, that right. I'm, I'm doing myself a disservice if I don't. Yeah. And, and I always look at other super successful people in, in different sport and mm-hmm. they do stuff that others won't do yep. or don't do to get to where they are. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's just the way I look at with, you know, like my extreme dieting or, or whatever. Like, yep. um, I, I feel that's, if it helps me and, you know, mentally I tell myself it's helping me, I'm going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I was going to say before, it's all kind of tied together. Like you're talking about uh, your mental game. Um, it, that all coincides, right? Like I said, I mean, when you know you've dotted all your I's and all your T's are crossed mentally, that goes out the, that that's out mm-hmm. the door. Now I don't even, I, you don't even have to think about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that just, it all ties together. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it works because, Saturday I wasn't nervous like going to the gate moto one moto two mm-hmm. I was so calm that I could focus on my riding and executing a you know a fairly good start like I could focus on what I needed to 
and I wasn't thinking about the other BS. Like yeah. I was just calm and, and ready to go. Oh, that's awesome. Well, tell us about your day because you were able to separate yourself ultimately, like we kind of talked about, but um, there were some crazy battles in the top five. There are our tier two group um, that we call it in the, the fantasy game, but that was in both motos. Those battles were just wild. I mean, uh, I don't think anybody was watching the dudes up front because we were watching from, you know, third to sixth or seventh or whatever, that, that crazy battle that was going on. So um, to come out for you to come out as the lead dog there from that gnarly ba- pack, that gnarly battle uh, that has to bode well for your confidence going forward. So um, take us through your, your day and your two motos there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moto one, I got a fairly bad start actually. And Hey, did you, um, see, did you see, I posted that picture and I'm like, where's yeah. Brandon, where's Brandon Hogue? <laughs> and then, and then after Gloop said that you were off the screen, um, then I looked and I'm like, okay, maybe there's a little dust cloud there, but otherwise I stared at that picture for 10 minutes trying to figure out where the hell you were. Yeah. That move actually. So if you look at the picture, all the dirt is prepped. Like they just took the yes. pillar through it. Yeah. Cause so I, was- I went way. Because I was, yeah, I, like, I was trying to look at the, even I was looking at the ground, like, okay, where are some tire tracks that I'm not accounting for here? Right. Yeah. The, the way they tilled that, um, I went wide. Like my whole plan was just to try to sweep wide because I knew everyone would funnel in. Okay. And then I, I pulled front brake. I tipped up on the top of the turn, like very top. So I ended up blowing really wide. And then <laughs> I saw that the, the dirt was smoother way off the side of the track. Like yep. it wasn't tilled. Yep. So I went to the until dirt powered and actually helped me out. Like I ended up passing, like I was pretty far back. So I ended up making a couple passes just from doing that, but it was kind of risky too. Like how we had to funnel into the next right-hander, you know? Well, in, in you, in that first moto, um, and we, I think we touched on this before we hit record on this thing, but that wasn't necessarily the easiest track to pass on. Um, mm-hmm. and you kind of had to go through that whole group of those really good tier two guys, um, to ultimately finish third in that moto. So, um, that there had to be some, some craziness going on there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like that first lap was really crazy. And I think Jeff ended up passing me on the first or second lap. And okay. like he blew he blew right on the outside of me. And I'm like, wow, like this guy's going to go forward. He's going to go, you know, up to wherever. Mm-hmm. So I knew that whatever he was doing, I had to try to do too. And I ended up watching him. Like he ended up passing, uh, you know, Wesley and uh, I think there's Denise. I don't remember who it was, but. That was I Jeff, him. Jeff. Jeffrey was really good there that this week. Yeah. I felt like, yeah, he, he made passes work that I didn't even think of. And mm-hmm. I give props to him for like, it opened my eyes. to that's what I need to do too. Sure. Uh, and that's exactly what I did. Like uh, I watched him make passes and then I was behind the riders and I knew I had to start making stuff happen. Um, and then I, like, I found the spots where I thought I was faster uh, and then made, a couple passes like Wesley ended up making a mistake on his own, which allowed me to get by. Um, and then me and Jeffrey, uh, he, he tried to sweep like the turn on the very bottom. Um, he tried to go wide. So I just shoved it in and then I like came to a stop so he couldn't cut back under me. Sure. Um, and then that's when I kind of got ahead of that pack. And then I knew I had to try to sprint away Mm -hmm. from him because you know, they could catch on to your lines or or whatever. Uh, so I knew I had to try to sprint. 
Yeah. Which, I mean, that, that was a, uh, I'll let you finish there, but that moto, that moto there was impressive when I went back and kind of, uh, recounted what I had seen, um, in, in there, you know, cause by motos and there's been, it's been so crazy. It's hard to take an inventory of like where everybody came from, but you mm-hmm. were at the back of that, you know, that pack of fast guys got to the front of it. Um, I just, I, I just felt like that was super impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, thank you. It, it felt good to do. Um, and I tried to try to make good clean passes and not, mm-hmm. you know, injure myself or somebody else and like really right. plan them out, which, they all worked out. Um, and then I was able to put a sprint on at like the halfway, which I opened up a good gap and then I could see where they were. And, um, yeah, just wrote it in for, for third in that moto. Yeah. And then in the second moto, you got a, you clearly got a better start there. And, Mm -hmm. um, I touched on this too, in our conversations previous, but, uh, I was, I was impressed because you, um, you got in a, in a battle there with Bryce there for a little bit, um, before, you know, kind of securing the third spot and man, by moto's end, you know, you were, you were, you know, kind of within a straightaway on the same straightaway as Chad by the end of the moto. So, um, to, you know, kind of on those longer straightaways be, you know, at the start of it, when he's at the end, um, I had been saying, and again, I had told you this personally, but I'm telling the listener, I had, I had told the people around me, look at how close Brandon is to Chad. So, um, different moto, uh, the second moto was kind of different circumstances, but, uh, just as impressive for me. Yeah. Thanks dude. Um, yeah, that moto was really good for me too. Uh, I just, I executed a good start, um, right behind Joel and then I really was focused on trying to sprint with him. I know he sprints early and I wanted to stay as close as I can to him. But mm-hmm. when I tried that, I actually ended up making mistakes. And uh, like he, he had a good gap by, you know, almost the first lap. And then at the very top, I was on the right side and uh, Bryce jumped to the inside of me and uh, I got like put over that berm, which, yeah, it was just like a one line deal. So I, but in the moment, I didn't think that way. I actually thought it was like, like it, it aggravated me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then that's when, like, it helped me though that I was aggravated. And right. then I knew, I knew he was probably going to sprint too. Um, and then I didn't know who was behind me, but uh, he like put a little gap in me that first lap. And then I'm like, all right, I need to. This is when I need to go. Um, and then I just got right back to his grab bar um and then I heard Chad behind me so I knew Chad was going to be trying to pass me while I was trying to pass Bryce mm-hmm. um so like I tried to be safe but tried to pass so it was hard and then um I knew where Chad was setting me up too like I knew where he was going to try to pass me and I tried to protect the inside up the the little wall where the rollers were mm-hmm. and I lost traction had to like downshift it was just terrible um he passed me and then I watched him pass Bryce like the same lap. And I'm like, damn it. That's what I needed to do. Um, and then I got, I think I was behind Bryce like another lap. And I knew where I was faster and I knew what, what he was doing, like where I should try to make a move. Um, and then he had a little bobble up before the uphill triple. Mm-hmm. I went to the inside and then clean pass on him. Uh, he like ran into the back of me after I passed him, which 
yeah. It's all good. Uh, uh-huh. You know, it's all good. Like, dude, I, stuff doesn't bother me. Um, and then I checked out, like, tried to sprint right when I got by him, which I was able to do. That was, like, halfway point or so. Um, okay. And then I did see Chad. Like, I saw that I was starting to – maybe catch him a little bit it was hard to tell but i just knew i was flowing pretty well and um either way i mean yeah i mean the biggest thing was just that you know when you have a guy like chad and 20 minutes goes by and you can still see the guy like Mm -hmm. that that's that was the part that was impressive to me because that doesn't necessarily often happen with anybody you know right yeah that that's kind of what i was pumped on mainly for the whole weekend was yeah. Like Joel, Joel had a, a really, I mean, he was ripping and he put mm-hmm. a good gap to me, but mm-hmm. it was cool to be that close at the end to, to the, you know, champ, but yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was pretty cool. So, um, I, so when I heard you on the podium and, and then you look at the pictures and stuff, like, obviously there's, um, you know, there's jubilation, there's joy, all these things, but I think it's different than the first two times around where, I don't know. There's like a feel of expectation. Like I know, Mm -hmm. like, like it was just, it felt like, "Ah, okay, you know, now let's go. Like Mm -hmm. I've put, I've, I've done it now. And you know how it is. Like you always kind of want to get the first one of whatever your goal is, but you get the first one of that season. And now it's like, okay, let's go. So, um, so I'm sure your, your first podium in 2019 is always going to be super special, but I have to believe that this one, um, after all you've been through over the course of the last year with injury, and you told us about limited support and question marks with that stuff coming in. And then, um, you know, obviously everything's good there now, like you've said, you know, you're in a great spot with all of that, but, uh, have to believe with everything that you've overcome in the course of the last year or so, uh, this has to have been pretty, pretty damn special. Yeah. This one actually tops my, I think my first one, because, yeah. uh, it was like, the feeling is so different. Actually, this one was more of like, uh, like I was, I felt actually calmer with mm-hmm. like my first podium. I was really just ecstatic, but this one, it's <laughs> like, all right, this is what I needed to do. And yeah. I, I just want to keep going right now. Like I, I don't want to live on the high or the lows anymore. I want to like the high, the high moments are great, but let's move forward and, yeah. and let the ride and try to do the talk. And well, that, and that's kind of what I got, you know, from the, from your podium there and the stuff that you've even said here is, I mean, you don't get that highest of highest of highs when it's expected you know? So, um, it just felt like expectation at this point, which I think is, uh, is, is really special. And I just think that you're such a dangerous combination when you take your determination and, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, your, 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 uh, your, I don't know, your dedication to your craft and, um, all your sacrifice that you're willing to put in all those things. Plus obviously your skill and your speed and everything like that's a dangerous combination. And, uh, you told us as we looked forward to this part of the schedule, um, where the, the series was going to go, you know, one on one week on one week off type of thing. Um, for a while here, you had told us that, uh, that was something that you've really looked forward to. So, um, you know, coming off a great performance and now, you know, there's another race, you know, next weekend or whatever. Um, it feels like you're kind of getting hot 
you know, right at the right time. Like you're, you're right where you need to be. You've got all this momentum. It's all good vibes. Hey, now we're all, you know, you already get to go racing next weekend. Like, I feel like that's a, that's a great spot to be in. That's something that you've been looking forward to. So to be in this great of a spot and going racing already next weekend, like that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really pumped that we're racing. I think it's like 10 days now or nine days or something, but mm -hmm. I love the two week breaks. Um, and especially like uh, what, what I did for high point is what I'm doing for Aonia. Uh, mm -hmm. like I'm really focused on one thing right now and that's discipline, just self-discipline to my, my training, my nutrition, my riding, you know, I, I'm done with where I, I put myself even earlier in the year. Uh, I, I, kind of lacked a little bit of that and right now i'm focused on on discipline and uh my, my you know like uh, i'm pumped with with how we're going to be racing aonia is like a pretty tough track for me it's not i don't think it's a strong suit for me so i'm really? excited to see yeah I, I don't feel you know i got fourth there last year but mm -hmm. yeah i don't feel it really like i didn't ride that well so but i feel not, like I, don't, I feel like those conditions though are good for you yeah, I, I hope it's similar as last year because I feel a little better right now on that stuff. But sure, I do. I do like the the dirt, um, and I see it's going to be hot. I'm pumped, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to try to to really, you know, back this up. Yeah. Well, um, I would think, I mean, like I said, I feel like you're good in those conditions. It'll obviously be a little rougher, but it's, you know, it's not super, it's not crazy far off from, uh, like mm -hmm. high point, like conditions, it won't be as slippery and stuff like that. But, um, I feel like you're, I mean, I remember you being super strong there last year. Um, obviously, you know, going four, four is, is always a pretty solid day, especially when you're behind, you know, Joel, Chad and Thomas at the time. Um, so mm -hmm. I have to, you know, you gotta be bringing some confidence in from that as well. And, uh, you know, uh, I would imagine you're going to be a, a hot digging deep ATV MX fantasy pick when, uh, we get to Georgia, you paid off in a major way, um, for ATV fantasy players at high point, you were only owned by 4.5% of teams, but, uh, you were, you were more valuable than any other rider on the board. And, uh, I texted you about this, but guys like my dad benefited in a huge way from believing in you. You know, there's about 200 players playing this game and, uh, he's leading the fantasy points after high point. Um, and you're a major reason for that. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. Man. I, I love that statistic of the, like I saw that 4.5. 4. Yeah. 4.5%. 4. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Like, I know. Come on, man. I thought there was <laughs> hey, some... <laughs> it ain't, it ain't going to be like that no more. I can promise you that. I can promise. Uh, no, I, I love it. I love that statistic. It's, it was funny when I read it, like uh, I respect it. I don't think people really probably, I, uh, you know, I was a cupcake, so <laughs> the 4.5% is pretty accurate, but it's, oh, it's cool God. to see. <laughs> it, it is cool. You know, the whole thing is pretty cool. Um, I'll say that, so this was the first race that, you know, I had been at in person, um, in 2021. So the, the first time that I've been in person for one of these races, since we started this game and, you know, there was crazy battles going on. So I would have been watching those battles anyway, but I was more watching the rest of the riders throughout the pack more than ever before because of the game. Like I truly believe so. Like ever, like these 200 people that are, that are playing the game have, um, 
have like more of a cheering interest, you know, than, you know, like throughout the pack, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to, pick, you, ha you have to pick four riders of the, you know, the, you know, 16 to 20 that are on the track or whatever. So you're staying in tune with those riders, which, you know, going back to, you know, digging deep at the beginning, like I was like, Hey, I'd like to, um, I'd like to cover everybody a little bit. So, you know, there's not just focused on the front guys. Cause we obviously know that the front guys get more coverage than anybody else. And they deserve that. But I felt like I could fill some of the gaps. Well, you know, then, um, you know, fast forward two years or whatever. Now we got this fantasy game and it's literally helping, um, you know, people focus on the other riders. It's forcing them to focus on the other riders. So people would have been watching you either way, Brandon, but um, it's cool that the game is helping people like have to focus on other riders and they're having to weigh, um, you know, go behind you. They're having to weigh Logan Stanfield with VTEC Nakenyak and, and Cody Ford and Michael Allred and having to pick one of those guys to choose from. Like, it's a pretty, it, it honestly, like it's something I'm pretty proud of at this point because oh, yeah. people really, Really supported it and I feel like it's adding to the fan experience I, I truly believe that I truly agree that that that's a good point like everyone's kind of watching now saying like oh I hope this guy passes dude, this guy because dude, of this you're you were a half a lap ahead of Logan Stanfield and you know I'm obviously I'm watching the leaders and then I'm watching you guys and then I'm still like having to watch, you know, back there because they're on their team too, you know, like it, it, it is, it is pretty cool. Like, I don't know. It's crazy to me sometimes that we were able to pull something like this off because it's mm -hmm. not that far off from like a fantasy football feel. And we did it with our sport. This, our, our niche little, little sport that we love so much. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It really is. Yeah. Hats off to you for doing it. Like that's, it's, I think it's great. It's a great idea. Great that you put it together. Um, and I think it's like really positive for, yeah, like you said, the sport and people watching and it's just great, man. Uh, so I had, I had, I had got the suggestion a few times and I'm like, dude, there's no way we can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so to get, to get where we are now, um, <laughs> it's pretty, it's awesome. pretty cool. It's no different than the podcast, you know, where we got people in 70 countries listening to this, like it still blows my mind, but uh, yeah. it blows my mind that that many people care, but it, it is cool. I tell people all the time that, you know, we like our sport being niche, it makes it so that people who love it or, or whatever, who are into it, they really love it. So it's like when you get something else to enjoy, like a fantasy game or to hear Brandon Hogue talk about his podium day, like prior to this, you didn't get anything like this really. And uh, yeah. so, so I, I think it's cool because I, I think back to like when I was a kid or whatever, and you wish there was more of this. So um, hopefully, you know, going forward, like people who are into it now, young kids or just fanatics or whatever, um, they're able to enjoy the sport a little more because of what we're doing. Like that makes me feel good. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally and agree. So, and they know you better, right? Like yeah. otherwise, like we all, like, you know, cause you were a super fan of the sport too. Like, unless you were a super fan and then, um, or you knew some of these guys in person, like there would have been ATV pros in the past that you didn't necessarily know a ton about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now we're able to hear you and hear your personality and hear the way you think and the things you enjoy and whatever. Like, I feel like that just gives everybody a little more of a cheering interest. Yeah. It gives them more of like, 
yeah, more an insight on what who who I am or who anybody is in the sport, which is freaking great. Yeah, it takes it takes you inside the helmet. Like that's what I yeah. that's what I look at. Because otherwise, um, you know, you you just know Brandon Hogue, the rider, and there's so much more to you than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like you just said, it's great because I feel like there is a lot of people, like spectators or, or whatnot, that don't know me as a person and, and maybe get the wrong image. So it's cool to like, I hope to try to give my my true image of of myself compared mm-hmm. to maybe what they would think. Yeah, well, and I I think that you're uh, you're somebody that um, so many of us cheer for because you're so like genuine. You wear your heart on your sleeve, and you're just uh, I mean, it's cool like to hear you know, you're, you're able to tell us like, Hey, I, I, I need to do things this way to be successful. Like to take us through that kind of thinking, that really real genuine kind of thinking. That's the stuff that I love to hear. Like mm-hmm. you talked about, and, and, you know, I'm a sports guy. You talked about, you know, athletes and other sports. Um, I always feel like the more I learn about somebody, like you end up being like, yeah, I want to cheer for that guy. So yep. I feel like that's some of the the gaps we're trying to fill here. And I'll tell you, nobody comes away from, from your interviews with any other response than, Hey, I'm going to cheer for that guy. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what I, I really want. Like, I would love to be really open about everything. Um, <laughs> like everything I do say, for example, to, to like, all the way down to what I was talking about earlier with my training and nutrition. I I love to be open about, you know, if someone, if someone DMs me and asks me, Hey, like, what do you do when you train right there? You know, I tell them exactly what I do. Like, I feel like there's no reason to hide what I do. Uh, Mm -hmm. I like to be that open person because I was the kid, you know, when I was, 12 years old that wanted to know what this guy was doing. Or I, was that gonna, guy. I was going to say that. I mean, you were the guy in Joel Hetrick's DMS. Yeah. Yeah. I was DMing Joel, you know, 20 times and, and he would read them or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> damn it. Like one day he's going to answer me. And, yeah, and yeah. It, it's cool that, you know, like we talk about that to this day. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. We went through our messages like when I was 12 and I would be like, yeah. Hey, how do you, how do you whip? And like, does this whip look good? Like, can you give me a shout out? You know, like <laughs> I was that kid and I know, and I if I can that. be, yeah, I do too. I, I want to be open and like, you know, if there's a kid in my DMS asking me something, I will be, you know, more than happy to like, tell them, tell them everything, you know? Well, so I always think it's cool too, for um, people to hear for parents, for kids, for whoever to hear that, like that kid that you were, was able to make it where you are today and your story more than maybe anybody's is just like never giving up. Like you were going to will yourself to get to where you are today. Like, you know, there's the stories that like you just told, and then the stories of you running Joel Hetrick, uh, you know, like Joel Hetrick replica graphics with his logos and everything. And that whole debacle and all that, like, just to think about all that is crazy. Is it not? Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about. You know how we were texting earlier with that. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to go into detail on a lot of stuff. Okay. Because I, so I've done like, you know, I've done a couple uh riding schools now and I've yeah. just been around parents with, with kids and yep. you'd be amazed at like how many kids I see where I'm like, wow, that was me. Like yes. that, that was me, you know, out on that track, you know, like, like I can watch a kid or, or see what the parents are saying to him. And I'm like, I want to go up to the dad and say, just, just let him do his thing. Like yes. I was that exact kid, you know, like, yep. like yep. don't, Ah, uh, yeah. There's a lot I wish I could say, and that's kind of what I wanted so, to talk to you. 
Okay. So, and we're going to get into this a little bit later in the episode that, you know, um, after we kind of finish up here, um, with you, but yeah, I mean, that's, so we we're doing this impact solutions, impact moment segment. And that's one of the things I want to touch on. I, I've preached about it on the podcast before, uh, I had an in-depth conversation with some people at the racetrack this last weekend about, just the, the typical moto dad thing and whatever. And it's like, and I know you're the same way. Um, and you had been around me, so, you know, I've always been this way, but it's like, I just, I'm so much about positive reinforcement and building Mm -hmm. people up. And that's the best way to get good things. The best out of somebody is building them up and all those things. And it's like, I see some things that go on at the races and it just breaks my heart because I don't, I, what I don't want, my biggest fear is that you have a kid who loves this sport. And then for whatever reason, their love or their excitement or their joy for the sport is stolen from them from something else that's out of their control. And Mm -hmm. that's the, that's kind of going to, you know, going to be the message when we get to the segment later in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the, that's a, that's a, that's a big fear for me, you know, like, um, you and I grew up just adoring this stuff, but yeah. nobody, I mean, we were given environments where we didn't have everything, but we were able to just go do our thing. And if, I mean, we were always competitive, we were always going to try our best. We were always going to do our best, but that's all you can ask. Like, go do your yeah. best, go try your best, whether it's first or last, as long as you're having fun. And as long as you're trying hard, if, if I had a child, that would be the message I would be preaching. So going back to my riding schools, now you're teaching riding schools. Now um, it's all about like, you're a friend to those, yep. to those kids, right? Like you're building them up and, um, you know, you just want to be another positive, uh, role model, positive, positively reinforce them and build them up. And, uh, that's something that needs to be said sometimes, because I think that it can just snowball for, and I'm not, I mean, not singling anybody out, but, uh, competitive nature kind of takes over at times. And I don't want that to, to steal the love or the joy, um, that ATV motocross creates for so many people. No, but I, there's been, quite a few moments where I've actually walked out, you know, like at a school, for example, I walked on the track, mm-hmm. I was watching a kid ride and I, I watched some things happen after he pulled off. Okay. I walked up to the kid and had a full on heart to heart with him, you know, and was like, you know, I told him my story and yep. told him that, look, you know, I'm watching from the outside. I want you to know, like, I care and you are, are great. You are doing great. I don't care what anyone says, like you're, you're having fun. I want you to keep having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I know your parents can be, can be hard on you, but you have a future mm-hmm. and, and whatever you want to do with the way you are. Like if quad racing, if you want to be a pro, you can be, yeah. um, you're proof because I feel, yeah. And, and I try to really like, I've had some really deep heart to hearts in the past couple of years with just little kids sure. where it's, I care about that. So, like, it was such a good feeling, you know, it's yeah. like, I wish I could do that more because I was the, that kid. And it, it's mm-hmm. not even about racing at that point. It's about life. Like exactly work at, like if I had a guy come up to me, uh, a, a pro that I look up to when I was that age and, and told me that it, it doesn't just change for racing, but it changed for like anything mm-hmm. I would do. If I, if I went and tried something else, I would exactly. remember him telling me, I can, I can do that. Well, you never know the impact that you're making for on somebody, yes. you know, um, yep. the magnitude yep. of it. And, uh, it is fresh on my mind and we can tie it up after this, but it is fresh on my mind because, um, kind of touching on this subject last weekend, 
uh, just went up to a kid after seeing some stuff go down and told him I believed in him, knowing mm-hmm. that he wasn't getting that back at his trailer. Yep. Yep. And uh, some, sometimes that's all we need. You know, sometimes maybe, maybe you or I, you know, that's what we needed at some point. Like we needed to know yep. that, Hey, somebody believes in me. And yep. uh, I just, um, I think that that's something that can't be preached enough. The, the positivity, the, the building of people up. And uh, I mean, you know how it is like, that's how you get the best out of somebody. You don't uh, the drill sergeant, old school football mentality. That does, that doesn't work. Like don't kick somebody right. down, you know? Yeah, and I see more too much of that and not exactly. enough positivity because what what's the I don't understand the whole deal with trying to be a drill sergeant and Me neither and run kids into the ground. I just I that never I don't ever see that really work. Like that makes no sense to me. It makes no, no sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. No. And, I'm, gonna, and, I'm gonna just curl up in a ball and, and be in my shell if, if somebody does that to me today, let alone mm-hmm. let alone, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah, real quick, my 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 like my dad and, and my mom and dad. Yep. They were the the parents that so they actually didn't care at all about you know if I wanted to ride or whatever. They didn't care. They would say like sure. So I actually came with the growing up of like I wanted them to care a little bit more. Like I like I would be like, "Man, I really want to go ride." Like I wanted to show them okay how much fun I was having. I yeah. I came from that background which also is unique because it most is. parents are on the, on the opposite spectrum where they care too much about all oh, this, but this or that, or this or that. My parents didn't care at all. And right. I wanted them to care. So I would be like, you know, I would over, overemphasize how much fun I had and, and whatnot. <laughs> well, I feel like, um, feel like again, you just to tie a bow on that can't let the competitive nature uh, become too much. I mean, that's how my parents were um, that, you know, it wasn't like they were competitive, you know, like my Mm -hmm. dad was a, was a racer himself. So he was competitive and wanted, you know, wanted me to do well or whatever. But as long as you're trying hard, like I was a chubby little kid on a, on a, on a mini quad that, you know, Mm -hmm. was at the back of the pack. But, uh, (laughs) if I was, if I was trying hard and I was having fun, that's really all that mattered. Right. So, um, that's something, and I've said it before on the show. I don't know that I've said it to you, but that's the one thing. If I could change anything about my entire racing career, I just wish I could go back in time. And this was probably just my own doing at the time, but I wish I could go back to my, you know, during my pro career and tell myself to just have more fun. And it seems Mm -hmm. so simple, but as I'm saying, not only it's positivity good, not only is building people up good, but if you're having fun, that's probably when you're going to be the most successful too. So, um, you know, so many people listen to these things on the way to go ride or on the way to go, you know, to the races or whatever train. Um, so if you guys are on the way to the races right now, just focus on having fun, focus on, you know, being positive, building each other up. Um, and that's probably how you're going to get the best out of each other. Yep. And The, the more fun you have, uh, it, it just builds and builds and builds. Just like mm-hmm. you said, you start succeeding. Then it's even more fun. Mm-hmm. Sure, you have some some drop downs or some failures or, or or whatnot. But the big picture is just the the you know keep it enjoyable in whatever way you can. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And when you, when you suffer one of them crappy days in between, I always tell people it's the crappy days that make us truly, uh, truly appreciate the good ones, you know? And that, that, yep. And man, that's the episode I want to have with you is I want to go into detail on, on crappy days on, you know, I will tell you everything about, 
like I just feel like I have some stuff that I could share that okay pretty dang deep that you know we could go into and, and it would be good for parents and good for kids or, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah I would love I would love to that's something that we should uh that we should do sometime going forward because it's this message that we're that we're including here which I think is so valuable but it's something I I like wish I could say on every episode and preach it and scream it out the back of my trailer into the pits and all these things, because it's like, you just can't say it enough. You know, you can't yes. say, can't say it enough. Cause we've all seen it. We've all seen it at local tracks, national tracks at T-ball, you know, at, at, at little mm-hmm. league stuff. Um, you know, it, it happens everywhere. And with the platform you have with the platform I have, hopefully we can impact a, a person or two in, in, in the meantime. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, uh, so, so we'll tie a bow on that. And, uh, you know, we needed to talk to you. Um, you know, we talked to you heading into high point. We needed to talk to you afterwards after you slayed it. And, uh, we had to get you back on here to talk about it. So, um, grateful that we could do that. Happy to do that with you relive a awesome day at the races and then to get into some deeper stuff there. And we will have to do that again going forward because, um, that's something that I'm, I'm super, super passionate about. I would love to. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. Well, great job. I'll let you go on that note. Thanks again for joining us. Um, always a pleasure to have you. And uh, yeah, I look forward to you slaying it for my fantasy team in Georgia. Okay. Thanks, Cody. Thanks for <laughs> oh, real quick to end it. I was just doing math in my head. You said there's 200 people in, in the fantasy, right? Yeah, there's like 197 or something. So that means about I think if my math's right, about five people. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's exactly that's point. that's exactly what I thought, and uh, oh. um, it's crazy. Now I will say that that tier, that second tier, is the hardest one by far because yeah. um, you know now Bryce is going to be in there going forward at least for the time being. Right. Um, but you know Bryce is in there, and you're in there, and Jeffrey's in there, and Janusa's in there, and Wesley Wolf's in there, and and I uh, don't know if I said Jeffrey, but. Uh, that's such a crazy tier. Like there's like, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's awesome as race fans um, to have that kind of competitiveness in the class. And uh, it, you know, I mean, you want to be the guy to step up and be at the top of that, that, that pack. And I think that that's awesome. That's fun to see. That's why we're following it the way we're following it. Um, But it, it is exciting to not just have three guys that you're slotting into the podium every week, even though Brandon Hogue wants to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. That tier is tons of fast dudes. Mm-hmm. So that's wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a tight one. Yeah. Well, uh, again, buddy, I appreciate you being here for this and uh, all the awesome conversation and I look forward to doing it again. Thanks mate. I appreciate it. Thanks buddy. That's Brandon Hogue brought to you by CST tires shop.csttires.com. Good job, pal. Safe travels. Good luck. And uh, thanks again. Thanks. See ya. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors and thank you for listening to these ads without these great companies. None of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. Welcome to the team, two-time champ Joel Hetrick, who dropped the biggest news of the offseason when he announced his move to CST Tires. The CST takeover has been gaining momentum over the past several seasons, and now Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing teammate Jeffrey Rastrelli are the most recent additions. 
The Pulse MXR tire has helped lead riders like Thomas Brown to race wins in three consecutive Quad Cross of Nations titles, Nick Janusa to the Pro Class podium, myself Cody Jansen as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to back-to-back national championships in the Junior 25 Plus class, and the most recent additions have us thinking a Pro Class national championship is on the horizon for CST tires. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CST takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hatrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many others are believers in CST tires. Are you? CST tires, where passion meets the ground. You already know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. Whether it's second all-time winningest, seven-time and reigning ATV MX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, or six-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFC 450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This unprecedented success for the YFC 450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undeniable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has created a Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Better yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and even stronger for 2021, meaning Yamaha riders are about to cash in on higher payouts and more prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at Valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Weenan, the company quickly took off. And today, you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, short course off-road trucks, UTVs, snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time NHRA world champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is brought to you in part by DID in their range of championship winning chains. Powered by technology, DID chains are designed to give you the greatest strength to weight ratio, making them the optimal chain for racing and giving you a championship level edge. 
DID has been driving championship winning race programs since 1933, chosen by champions such as Chad Wienan, Joel Hetrick, and myself, Cody Jansen. Champion above the rest is DID's 520 ATV 2 chain, with those same design principles and materials being used throughout their entire line of products, including their on-road category as well. Pick up a DID chain today at your local dealer or reputable online e-tailer. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side -side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. 4Works Carbon's innovative, lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, 4Works has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust 4Works for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. 4Works Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. Okay, after that podium, Brandon now sits sixth in points, but only six points separates third through sixth. So uh, it feels like this whole grouping is a toss-up yet through uh, three races here in 2021. Leading that pack, tied for third in the series, is Nick Janusa. Um, he had a strong fourth-place finish in Moto1, but he suffered a mechanical and a flat tire in Moto2 and still somehow managed to salvage uh, seventh overall. So good job to Nick Janusa there. Um, Logan, his speed in 2021 continues to impress me. I think it's the best that we've ever seen it. Um, he still looks like the best version of himself. He's going to be a tough guy to beat because he's so consistent. Like even when you look at it like this, I mean, he was good in that first moto. And then after all this other crap that goes on, he still salvages seventh overall. He's still right there in the points. Um, that's what's going to make him so tough. His speed is better than ever before, I feel like. And his consistency is still right where it needs to be. I completely agree. Nick was completely under the radar last year, pretty much all year. Mm -hmm. And this year, like we, we talked about in previous, he came into Daytona kind of, you know, nobody knew what to expect. He didn't even know what to expect. I have okay. an interview from him for the next documentary I'm doing. He's, oh, okay. he's in it. And like, we talked about it. He's like, I didn't know, but he said that the cold weather riding in New Jersey during the off season actually worked out in his benefit. And I mean, it shows on the track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it, uh, if it, it hardened him or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, but, uh, yeah, he did, he figured something out. So, uh, like Casey said, maybe everybody's going to be heading up there to, uh, you know, train in the cold going forward. Um, but yeah, fourth, fourth overall, 
moving on to the next rider. Fourth overall for the third consecutive time to kick off his professional career, Max Lindquist. Um, what else can you say about this 17-year-old other than how the heck is he a rookie? I don't know what else to say. I really don't. And I'm, I'm blown away three races in now. He's been fourth at every race. And he just, like, it took only a race or two. And now it's like you see him there and it's like, yeah, that's where he belongs. That is wild to me that that's a rookie. Just crazy. Yeah, I mean, the speed, I don't think anybody was expecting that. But the consistency is a whole nother thing. Like, there yeah. hasn't been any riders who have come in rookie year. And they've all, like, had some sort of speed. But they've never had this level of consistency. And I think that shows a lot of what he's going to be capable of in this year and the upcoming years. Well, and a few things, too. Like, so he's not necessarily getting great starts and he's still managing to pull this off and he's already. So again, we're only three races into his career here, his professional career. And he's already developed this mantra that, Hey, watch out at the end of the races. Cause Max Lindquist is coming. Um, it's just, uh, he's like, must watch. He's must watch right now. And the battles going forward, cause he ain't going anywhere over the next, however many years, the battles going forward with these young riders in the pro class is going to be sick yeah i mean it's going to be so awesome i think this year we talked about it before i think it's the middle of the field is the most stacked that it's ever been mm -hmm. and somehow max is finding a way to basically blast through it and finish right ahead of them or right in the front of them every single yeah. weekend uh, honest honestly um that grouping of riders again those tier two riders that that was the race to watch in both motos like uh the leaders were doing their thing joel was checking out chad was you know riding in second um that battle of those guys was the, was the race to, to watch all weekend. Like you said, bumping and banging and just in a line, it was like just a pack of those guys. Um, it was, it was really crazy to see. Yeah. I, I think it was the second moto where I have that one. I posted this video yesterday where they're all okay. so close. And yeah. right after I filmed that part, I literally yelled. I'm like, this is so awesome. Yeah. I'm like, that's rare because I'm at every race. I pretty much see everything, but I was so excited during that moto just because it's, it's never that tight. Well, and to think, um, to think that, you know, you go into these races and, and however many years you went in thinking, you know, knowing it was going to be Joel and Chad, and then it was probably going to be Thomas or it was going to be Thomas and Jeffrey or whatever. And right now, like, you don't know who's going to be the third guy on the podium. You know, you don't know, like you truly don't know when you get to the racetrack, that's an awesome thing for us. Yeah. I mean, there's five riders who can be in third every single weekend and there's so much more excitement. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's bad to say, but the fact that Joel got hurt at the first round and he's coming back from that, everybody yep. loves come back. Everybody is pushing for him so much more and is excited yep. because he's not just out front and points and dominating. He may be doing that at the races, but yeah, there's more of a challenge. There's more of a battle in the series as a whole. Yeah. There's a, so many good storylines right now. I feel like, um, speaking of good storylines, Jeffrey Rastrelli grabbed fifth overall in the day. It was hard fought for Jeffrey who was battling inside the top five from start to finish of both motos. He got some solid hole shots. Um, I know he wants more than top fives, but I was really impressed by Jeffrey. He hung in there. Like we know that, you know, his health in years past has been a question mark and stuff. He hung in there in both motos and battled from gate drop to finish line. Um, 
to, to checkered flag, both motos within that gnarly group. Um, I was really impressed by Jeffrey. I thought that that was a really good day to come away with, with a top five overall with the way he had to battle for it. I thought that was, that was really, really, really good for him. And, um, if he's able to do that in all the races going forward, if he can just put himself in those positions, it's going to bode well for him. And and we're going to see him on the podium one of these weeks. And the competition he has right now is definitely not easy. That might've been one of the hardest races he's ever had. Cause I mean, for us watching, it was one of the closest races we've ever seen. So I'm yep. sure it wasn't easy to battle it battle like that for the entire race. Hey, and that's what I was thinking when we were, when I was watching these races, uh, those motos and watching them guys battle with each other and whatever. And I'm thinking, you know, they're three quarters of the way through the moto and I'm thinking what it must be like for Jeffrey, like what his heart rate is at right now and whatever um, just had to be crazy. So the way he hung in there, the way all those guys hung in there, but for Jeffrey um, I just uh, thought that that was a really good ride. And, and again, I know that uh, he wants more than top fives, but, I wanted to make sure that that got enough coverage that that got enough, uh, enough talk because that was a really impressive top five. I thought, like you said, especially because, um, those, those dudes that he's racing against, like nobody wants to give anybody an inch there. No. So, um, those battles between those tier two riders was wild. Like I said, literally from start to finish, both motos relentlessly. And Wesley Wolf is at the center of, of that as well, a scrappy fifth in moto one, um, but snubbing his bike in the, the finish line corner set, uh, him way back in moto two. Um, he had to push start his bike and ultimately ended up 14th there, which meant 10th overall on the day for Wesley. Um, but he's another guy that's been impressive. Um, his riding, his riding, you know, the box score doesn't show it, but his riding was incredible. And he was another guy that was battling to the death. It felt like in, uh, in those motos, he's been really impressive. He's another guy. I mean, that's what's made that tier so crazy is that basically every one of those guys took a step forward and Wesley definitely took a step forward this year, if not a couple steps forward. Yeah. He definitely showed it at Daytona getting his first podium and, but he's, he's, but he's he always, hasn't, he hasn't disappointed since then though. Right. Like, yeah, uh, I'm sure you feel the same way. I mean, he's maybe not been on the box, but his riding is not the riding we've seen in years past. Yeah. He's, he's always had a decent amount of speed. He's always looks like he's going really fast, but he's never, <laughs> you know, showed it, showed it in the results. But this mm-hmm. year he's definitely changed that. Yeah. Yeah. I've been really impressed with Wesley. Um, Bryce Ford, Bryce Ford was fast runner up in qualifying. I believe, um, he had three or four sizable mistakes though, in moto one that held him back there, but he rebounded in moto two with a fourth strong fourth battled with, uh, with Brandon Hogue there for a while. Um, so with 11, four moto scores on the day, Bryce salvaged sixth overall and is tied with, uh, Nick Janusa for third in the series points heading into Georgia. Um, I know he, uh, he wasn't happy. Bryce wasn't happy with that. He voiced his opinion uh, about that on one of uh, one of the posts I posted in the last couple of days. Um, but as far as damage control goes, um, was actually pretty solid. He came out not nearly as bad as it could have been at high point and still, still right there in the points mix top three. Um, so Logan, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, we've witnessed three races here in 2021 so far. Who's going to take that third spot when the, the dust settles um, on this season? If I, I, I'd narrow it down to three, Brandon, Max, or Bryce. Okay. Then it just comes down to consistency. And I know Max Linquist is going to be consistent all year. Mm-hmm. Brandon Hogue and Bryce Ford, they're not going to be as consistent. Like Bryce made mistakes. I know Brandon makes mistakes mm-hmm. every once in a while. 
Yeah. So it's just going to come down to who's more consistent. I think one of those three is my guess. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's super hard to bet against Janusa for me. Like Janusa, we know, I mean, dating yeah, back his entire professional career. Um, he's been that consistent guy right in the mix. And I think that his, his consistency might be the one that, you know, kind of, kind of outlasts the others we've seen. I mean, how can you argue against Max? He's been, you know, right there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the margin for error is so small with all those guys that, you know, Bryce right now might have more speed, but he might not be quite as consistent. I mean, maybe he makes a mistake here and there cause he's going for it just a tick more than the other guys. I don't know. Um, but I was curious to, to get your opinion there because it's so tough. I mean, Bryce has the speed. Nick Janusa has the probably the, the consistency, but I don't want to discredit him on any speed. And then, uh, then, then, then Max as well. But I think it does probably come down to, I mean, those guys, but now I haven't mentioned Brandon Hogue. And in my mind, I mean, at least right now, man, in listening to his interview, like between his speed is so good. His, you know, his mindset is so good. Like he's, he'll, he will do anything. And his commitment is so, is so there that man, it's hard to bet against him too. So uh, it's going to be really tough, but it's awesome. Like I said before, as fans to be three races in and not really know, like, that's awesome. That's a, that's a great, great place to be in as fans of the sport. That's for sure. Yeah. It's so cool. It's something we've been lacking for a while. I feel like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, let's uh, wrap up the rest of this class here. So we went through the top seven so far. Um, Joel obviously uh, gets the win. Chad, Brandon Hogue finishes the podium. Max Linquist was fourth. Jeffrey Rostrelli was uh, fifth overall. Bryce Ford was sixth. Nick Janusa was seventh. Eighth was Logan Stanfield. He was our top tier three rider. Uh, thought that was a really solid day for him. When you look at the riders ahead of him, how stacked this class is um, in eighth, no matter what is a good spot to be in. That's a good finish. Um, so good job for, uh, for Logan Stanfield there. Um, Cody Ford was ninth overall. Um, I think that that was a really solid finish for him. He followed up his, his best finish in nearly yeah. two seasons that he had at three palms, um, followed that up with a ninth overall this weekend. He's already, yeah. he's already earned more single digit finishes. So first to ninth, um, more single digit finishes in 2021 through three races than all of 2020. So it's good to see Cody, um, back healthy, uh, yeah. back, back kind of showing what he's capable of. He's a grinder. He got some good starts this weekend. Um, I know you've spent some time around those guys, but, uh, it was really good to see, to see Cody up in the mix. He's yeah. that's where, that's where he belongs. I I have to say, this is the first time I've ever mistaked Cody for Bryce multiple times. <laughs> like there were, I think it was the first, second, I don't know which moto, but I was filming him and then Bryce would come around and mm -hmm. I thought he was Bryce. It was just, he yeah. looked so good, so aggressive on the bike. And I think that's something that's definitely going to show in his results. Didn't hurt that they were wearing the same gear as well. No, it did not. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's what, uh, that's what uh, Robin said. This She said that they were, they were twinning. So, uh, so yeah, that was really good finish for him in ninth. Um, like we said, Wesley Wolf was, uh, was 10th overall. He, he rounded out the top 10. Um, Vitek to Kenyak, 11th overall. I'm going to tell you. I was crazy impressed with this guy. So uh, he finished eighth over uh, eighth in the second moto. 
He was right in between Logan Stanfield and Cody Ford the whole race. And I was kind of interested. I mean, this was the first time I was going to see him in person, but I was interested on that kind of racetrack. It was a different kind of racetrack. It was hard packed. There's some big hits, you know, good speed. I was interested to see what he looked like on that kind of racetrack. And obviously that was that second moto was the best showing he's had all year. I mean, to run with Logan Stanfield and Cody Ford guys that have been at those racetracks that know that racetrack, that this is normal for them, uh, for him to hop in here, coming over from Poland, this is only his third race to be racing with those guys. I was really, really, really impressed. So VTech is going to move up into, into the tier three riders. Um, I thought that, uh, going forward as we head to Georgia here for when we talk about ATV fantasy, um, to ride with Logan and Stanfield and Cody Ford to be right in the mix with those guys. I was watching it like, well, he proved it, you know, he belongs with that, that faster grouping. So I was really impressed. You got anything uh, you want to touch on with him? Because man, 11th overall doesn't show how good he actually was. Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched VTech ride a bunch, but I mean, just the fact that he's here from Poland and he's racing yeah. people underestimate how fast these guys are actually going. Like mm-hmm. you don't understand how fast Joel is until he's at a local track. So the fact yeah. that he's here getting 11th is honestly insane. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm so happy for him. And he was a great, uh, great listener, great guy. When we had him on, um, one of the previous episodes here for a uh, guy I'm definitely pulling for. So, um, he was 11th 12th was Cesar Jimenez, uh, good solid ride for him. 13th was, um, Vince Merman. This was his, uh, his first pro race really. Cause he got hurt, um, in the heat race at, uh, Daytona. So, um, awesome to have him back out there. I think he's going to be a guy to watch in that grouping of tier four riders going forward. Um, I, I think that he's going to be on the rise for sure. Uh, 14th was Michael Allred, new father, new dad, Michael Allred, um, flipped at the start of moto two. Uh, so, so he had some hurdles to overcome there, but Michael's been, uh, pretty solid all year long. So, uh, 14th again, doesn't show how good he was on the day. Um, but, uh, that's a guy that's been right in the mix all year long. 15th, um, was Michael Perkins. He, um, dealing with some shoulder injuries and stuff, but great to have him back out there. Uh, shot him a message going into the weekend to see if we could expect him to be out there. And, uh, he stuck it out. So that was, uh, really good. 16th, um, was Zach Harris in his rookie, uh, rookie professional debut. He's a Virginia rider, number 22. Um, so he came six in 16th there. And then 17th, uh, Marshall Smith, cool story here. Uh, 45 year old, the 45 year old made his professional debut at high point, kind of, uh, realizing a lifelong dream. He came up and introduced himself and, uh, that was really cool. Uh, you know, I made a post about him, uh, kind of heading into the race. I just wanted people to know the story and I thought it was, uh, something that people should know. And I, I think it went over really well. I mean, it got, you know, three, 400 shares and a bunch of comments. So I was feeling really good because, um, um, think about that at 45 years old, kind of, uh, realizing a lifelong goal like that. Um, he was just super pumped to be out there. He had some realistic goals of not wanting to get lapped and be in the mix and the starts and stuff like that. And he, he was, he was right in the mix on some starts and, uh, sounds like he'll be at the next race. So that was a pretty, pretty, pretty cool story to, to hear. Yeah. So moving on from the the pro class, then that'll wrap that up. Let's cover uh, a few more topics, starting with the pro stock class. Um, great racing there. And Logan, I'm sure you heard a little bit about the, the pro stock drama. How could you not? So um, let's welcome on a guest who knows all about the pro stock topic and uh, a whole lot more. Enjoy.
All right, guys, this next guest is a national championship winning mechanic brought to you by SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship level graphics. Check out SSI's new and improved website today at SSIDecals.com. Say hello to reigning mechanic of the year award winner, wrench for Chad Weenan, Mr. Michael Bird. What's up, man? Welcome to, uh, welcome to digging deep stoked to have you. Yeah, it's good to be on the show. Thanks, Cody. So um, let's give the listeners a little backstory here. Um, so we were, were going to have you on in the previous episode, but then the, the pro stock drama blew up and uh, we decided maybe it was best to pump the brakes on that for a bit. So slight delay, but stoked to have you here. Um, and not only have you been mechanicing for Chad for the past couple of seasons, but you also have a connection to Mark Baldwin. You work for Baldwin Motorsports. Um, so I feel like you're as plugged into the epicenter uh, or at the epicenter of ATB motocross as someone could possibly be. So you're a perfect guy to have on. Yeah, it's, uh, I've actually been around the sport since probably the late nineties. I met, uh, Mark Baldwin probably around 1998 at a local track. Okay. Uh, him, and, him and Tim Farr would come and, uh, race and just wax everybody at these tracks and his sure. bike would be pristine, polished Douglas wheels it, under the lights. It was, uh, I, st- I still remember it like it was yesterday. Sure. So then that's got to be pretty special. I mean, you fast forward however many years later and, uh, you know, to be a Baldwin guy, that's got to be, that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely very cool. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and I feel like that's something that so many people want to do. They want to be able to, uh, you know, have a profession. That's something that you truly enjoy. So that's awesome in itself. Um, so let's talk about, uh, Chad's day a little bit at high point there. Um, he started off with a, with a tumble after a uh, practice started qualifying. you never see the guy hit the ground. Um, so it looked like he, uh, pretty, pretty crazy there. It looked like maybe he bent up the bike, uh, a little bit there. Did he, uh, did he make some extra work for you because it looked like the front of that thing whether it was the bumper or whatever something was a little bent it was uh it was a lot bit it was a lot (laughs) uh we had to even go in and change the alignment because uh maybe maybe a heim or two were were bent up also Uh, but i was see i don't have time to watch watch him go all the way down the whole shot and come around the corner i gotta pick a gate and do a little bit of prepping before he gets back i was waiting for him wondering what you know, was he drinking water, talking to a fan? And he yeah. comes back and he, I see this mangled mess. And I, what do you want me to do, Chad? What a practice start all by himself. Like, what the heck? Right, right. So, uh, yeah, he said, just take the bumper off. So that's what he did. Yeah, okay. just take okay. it off. <laughs> okay. So um, other than that, it was a pretty, pretty style, solid uh, status quo day for him. I feel like, you know, he rebounded from that incident. Um, if that was the the craziest incident of the day, I think we'll take that. And, uh, you know, he rebounded for a solid two, two performance on the day. He maintains his points lead tightening up a little bit there. Um, but, uh, you know, you had said to me that you thought he may have an ACE up his sleeve for high point, but from listening to chat, it sounds like he just didn't get the starts he needed to give him a fair chance on Saturday. Yeah, it was, it was definitely the starts. I think the first moto, he was in the bottom end of that start. Yeah. Uh, And it probably took him a half lap to get up to, I want to say three or four. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that, that was a lot of work right there just to get up there. And I seen him taking a lot of lines he normally wouldn't take, but you know, when you have to make the passes, you got to find a different line. You can't just move people yourself. Right. And that's Um, not the, that's not the easiest track to pass on either, you know? No, no, it's not. And then, uh, I mean, once you get up into second place, if Joel gets a whole shot, he's, he's already gone. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's pretty much where we were at. Unless he gets a start and he can just uh, apply pressure uh, the whole time. Uh, I think Joel already had probably maybe 12 seconds on him or so by the time he got up into second. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was more or less just giving him the splits on who was behind him. I think it was the second moto when Hoagie, Hoagie's like getting close. And I kept telling Chad, hey, you you better turn it back on, man. So Uh, so he had, so we just had him on the show and uh, uh, he was saying that he's like, man, somebody told me that uh, on the pit board, even, um, you know, that they put Hoag's coming (laughs) and he was, he was tickled pink about that. Yeah. Well, Chad, he said, uh, he, he, on certain corners, he'd turn around and watch. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what, well, what do you want me to write, Chad? Because <laughs> don't, he's trying to do it all himself. Right. Uh, and I think I was, uh, I think I tried to grab uh, Tim Detling's pit board. I was going to write slow down on it, but he wouldn't <laughs> let me have it. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah. So, so solid day there uh, for Chad. Um, when you get dealt those kind of starts um, on, on that kind of track too, I feel like he made the most of his day, especially, uh, you know, overcoming that little tumble there, just uncharacteristic thing for him. So I feel like that was a, a solid day to get out of there on Saturday. I mean, I feel like when you're dealt those cards, um, if you make the, if you make, you know, kind of the, uh, what's the saying? You got your lemonade there that you made out of the lemons that were given to you there. I feel like that was okay. Um, and then good for him. And then on Sunday, um, comes the pro stock action. And with, uh, all the recent talks, I think that it was probably even, um, I, that probably stoked the fire more even for that class. And, um, Chad did the opposite on Sunday though. He grabbed a couple great hole shots there, took the overall win with a two, one performance, close racing all day with Joel Hattrick and Nick Janus was up there as well. But, um, with, with everything going on, I bet that that one had to feel pretty good for Chad. That one, yeah, yeah, he was definitely happy about that. Um, as for me, it was it was actually more stressful for me on Sunday, okay? Because um, I I assembled the motor, and uh, you know it's different on Saturday when you just like oh, oh I hope a wheel doesn't come off or something. But when everything you you assembled, you kind of right. like biting your nails a little bit. <laughs> um, and he did he didn't go out for practice because on the tumble on Saturday he uh, he hurt his ribs pretty good. He said he had problems sleeping even. Oh, really? Uh, okay. So, so he didn't even practice. Uh, I think I looked over there and I seen the bike sitting there. I'm like, what, what's wrong with the bike? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Nothing's wrong with the bike. <laughs> I just didn't want to practice. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. Then he got those hole shots uh, and he was able to, the second moto when he held off Joel, that's, mm-hmm. that's not easy. Even no. any track uh, right. holding Joel off uh, was, was pretty big. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the racing was incredible in that class um, on, on Sunday. There's some of the best racing that we've seen in that class. That class always uh, promotes great racing, but on mm-hmm. Sunday, it was some of the best racing that we've seen in that class in some time. Um, and I want to touch on this. So Chad did come out and break the the silence last week, stating that, uh, you know, nobody should take, uh, nobody should mistake his silence for anything, but acting as a true professional. Um, he stated that, you know, this is uh, currently in the, the appeal process um, with the AMA's decision to disqualify him at three palms. And uh, he's hopeful that the, the appropriate and just decision will be made during that appeal. Now, we knew that this uh, was going on. 
that obviously played a role in us not recording a interview prior to this point. It just didn't feel right. But out of respect for Chad and all the parties involved, that's kind of where I came in on this. I just didn't want to draw any unneeded attention to, um, to what was going on because you know how the, how the internet or how these trolls or whoever um, just takes something and runs with it. And I didn't want to have any part in that specifically. Um, and I, I said this to you before, but until the appeal, uh, the appeal is final, there's no finality to any of this. So it just didn't feel right to speak on it then. Um, but I feel like, especially with you, I mean, you were at the, you were at the center of this thing. I mean, you were, you were, you're part of it. Um, so I, I feel like it was, uh, something natural to touch on here while we had you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> most people in the industry already know the story and there was no real yep. secret to, uh, the gray areas of the rules. Yep. So uh, it was just the way, I, the way I feel about it right now is uh, he was within the rules yes. at three poems and uh, he's still within the rules right now. Uh, right. Now, now they did, they did uh, put the rules under a microscope and they changed them a little bit after Texas. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but you know, we just make the same changes to the bike and yep. he's with, he was within the rules going into high point. Well, of course. I mean, so, so what I had been preaching then, right. Is that he, there, there was these gray areas, um, right. but he would never, I mean, obviously he wouldn't knowingly, he wouldn't knowingly, I mean, he was part of the formation of this class. So uh, maybe the best thing to do here. So I'll have you take me through some of this, but um, you know, Chad was part of the formation of the, the rule book um, for the class. Like I said, from the very start and I'll, so I'll quote Chad here. So uh, we had specific, this is Chad now. And I quote, we had specifically raised the, the point that is now being questioned by the AMA in regard to the cam make and model. And I just want, I want to state this so that the listener, um, you know, realizes what we're kind of talking about here. Um, back to Chad's words here. This is purpose. There, there is purposefully no year attached to the part so that you're able to use different year cams should you need to. Chad, I was racing a YFZ450R on all YFZ450R parts. I have the backing from a number of those involved of the rules formation and teardown committee that there should not have been a disqualify, uh, disqualification or issue. I have also had several riders, even some of those who have every reason to not be on my side, reach out in disbelief, but more importantly, reach out to be supportive. It means a lot to have the support of fans, riders, and people I look up to in the sport. He said that he'll have no further comment until the appeals process has been completed, um, but felt that it was important to get this message out there. So, um, so take us through that a little bit because Michael, I just, uh, I simply, simply put, I just don't believe that it's right. Now, what I want, why I wanted to touch on this was to fill in the listener, because I think it is important to touch on, like you said, it's the gray area of the rule. It was all Yamaha parts. There was nothing like now, like you said, the, the rule book is getting a little more specific, but as I stated on the previous episode, and I've stated to you already, that's why I thought there should have been some education to these racers or a warning shot to say, Hey, like, this is how we're going to govern this now. And that's mm -hmm. why I feel like I feel, I mean, I think so many of us hope that this appeal goes a certain way, but I feel like he's got a good case because the rules kind of changed after this, not 
prior to this. Right. Yeah. They changed uh, days, days after uh, mm-hmm. the, the race at Three Palms. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure Yamaha sent Chad the cam that is in question. It is a genuine Yamaha part. It's yeah. not a special right. GYTR part or anything like that to give right. them max horsepower. Right. Um, which I thought if, was if, which I thought was important to touch on. That's why I wanted yeah. to do this. Yeah, it's a it's, it was a bone stock cam. Now the the year's not matching up, but uh, the rules weren't written like that. They were written to where uh, if Joe Blow wanted to come to the nationals and race without having a forty thousand dollar Yamaha, mm-hmm. uh, he can get one off the showroom floor, take the headlights off, throw some nerfs and a hand, handlebars on it, and go out there and race. Now if he wads it up in the first turn of the first race. He can go around, ask someone for a set of arms, throw them on there and go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I'm pretty sure nobody can run the newer clutch baskets because they'll scatter on you. Everyone has to run the earlier model, but the same YFZR, um, right. you know. Um, that, that, that came out in that supplemental rule, I think, that I saw come across my desk, right? The, that uh, you can run, like, with a clutch setup or whatever, you can run right. that earlier year. That's legal, and um, but some of this other stuff isn't. That's why I, I just don't feel like the way that this is being governed is, 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 is right. I just, it just doesn't feel right to me. Well, I don't, I don't think there's any way they're going to write the rules and someone not be happy. Um, You're exactly right. I just, I just think it's... I wish more people would race that class. I think it's one of the better classes out there. And if you're if you're standing trackside, you can have a conversation with somebody while it's happening. Hey, and, and like uh, I said, the racing in that class is incredible. It really is. Right. Right. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's really gonna check out. Um, no one's just gonna, you know, just blow everyone else away because it's it's pretty. It's like a. What it's like NASCAR. They're mm-hmm. they're all basically the same. There's small changes with them with different nerf bar companies or if someone wants taller handlebars or lower ones they can do that right Right. but that's you know we compared it to spec racing and that's kind of Mm -hmm. what it is you know it's kind of uh it's kind of like that and yeah the premise of the class is so great because you're exactly right uh somebody who maybe this is their first national event they don't even know these riders but they can look at how fast they're going or you know an educated person can look at how fast they're going on those stock machines and say hey i need one of them that's the that's my best move mm-hmm. yeah so oh, yeah yeah that's it's probably my favorite class mm-hmm. uh because you can actually sit there and enjoy it um, yeah. Like I said, when you're when you're at the nationals and uh, you're hearing those minis go by the <laughs> weekend and they're they're piercing your ears, right? Um, and then you get to hear the stock class. It's like uh, you ever seen the Jetsons yes. when they're flying around? Yep, That's what it yep. sounds like. It's <laughs> it, nice it and really soothing is. to the ears. <laughs> it really is. I tell people all the time: if you if you have the right uh, the right ground makeup, the right dirt, you'll hear the tires over the exhausts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, you'll hear mm-hmm. the, the tire rotating. So, um, so, uh, just to tie that up, I mean, on a previous episode, on the previous episode, I said that Chad Wienan wouldn't knowingly cheat. He volunteered his bike. He kind of pushed to make this happen. Um, these gray areas that everyone's talking about is the issue and they're shrinking, but if it became public knowledge that the riders were, were doing this, I think the powers that be, um, if they didn't approve, uh, approve of it, um, I still believe that a warning shot should have been fired like you know hey if you show up at high point um it's going to be fair game to dq you but uh 
that's that's uh, just my opinion, but I, I I think that they should have been aware of the way that this was going to be governed, and uh, I feel like that's a that's a good way to tie it up. I just wanted to be able to touch on it while we had you because um, again, I didn't want to draw any negative attention to it when this was kind of at its infancy. Now I feel like there's so much of this that's public knowledge that to hear from you that was at the center of this thing to to know kind of the backstory. Um, I hope that people are a little more educated and can can see that. Uh, Again, um, hopefully this appeal goes the right way, but it just isn't right. Yeah, that's well, that's that's true. I mean, we're we're kind of just waiting on it now. Now, um, yeah. now, if yeah, if they want you to run this, like they, they change the rules. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so now now we know exactly what we have to do, which, which we've already done, and uh, hopefully they they see it the same way that I feel and you feel the same way, like. Mm-hmm. So, what you so, just said. Well, in, in in if the rules would have read that way from the start, you guys would have right. done things this way from the start. I mean, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no way you don't want to win like that. Chad doesn't even like winning no. when uh, when someone tips over and he gets a pass. He don't like passing people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he said so, that he said that on the podium at Daytona. Think about yes, it. Yes, he did. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, that's all, that's all we have to say about that. At the end of the day, uh, again, we're talking about the gray area and we're talking about stock Yamaha OEM parts. So, um, so I, I think that the way all this blew up was silly. I'm glad that there is a percentage of people out there that think it's as silly as you and I do. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's about all, uh, all I think that we need to say about that. So, um, uh, I want to, uh, before we get you out of here, I want to thank you. I can't thank you enough for doing this, by the way. Um, but kind of a interesting and cool dynamic for you. Like we touched on at the onset here, um, working for, for Baldwin, wrenching for Chad on the weekend. Um, you're fully entrenched in ATV motocross. What is that like? I think, uh, I think it's kind of cool. Like, um, when we heard about Bryce Ford switching to Yamaha, and he said that they were, uh, you know, kind of working on some things um, with Chad at the start of their whole switch process. And at the time, it struck me as odd. But now it doesn't seem that crazy because uh, though it's two different premier race teams that we're, that we're talking about, everyone was uh, more connected maybe than people realize. So um, just take me through what that dynamic is like, because knowing when I first, um, you know, when I first knew about you a few years years ago, um, you know, being a Baldwin guy. And then when it was like, oh, he's wrenching for Chad on the weekend, uh, it was just it was surprising to me, right? So uh, just not knowing any of the story behind the scenes. So what is that like? Well, wait, which one do you want first? Do you want the the, the, the Ford switch to Yamaha? Whatever, whatever you, you just, it's your story. Okay, well, we'll start with that one. So okay. Baldwin's okay. always been a Honda guy, even from when he was racing three-wheelers. Yep. Um, and we knew Fords wanted to try out some Yamas cause we were going to build race bikes for them just okay. so they could go test them. Uh, and Mark said, there's no way they're switching the Yamas after we build this bike. And we built a TRX, especially for them to test. And, okay. uh, and just like, uh, like a Porsche 911 every year, they just get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the Baldwin Hondas are. We, okay. you know, we just make small improvements every year yep. or every build. We just, you know, you, you you find new stuff out that you can do to make them better, make them faster, make them lighter. Yep. Um, and that's where we were at. There's no way he's switching. Okay. And, uh, and then, <laughs> then, uh, you know, with the, with the R and D that we've done to uh, like Thomas Brown's motors, we were getting plenty of power out of them. Mm-hmm. And I think when Bryce got on that and just felt the power delivery, 
of the fuel injected Yamahas. I, I think that's what sold them on it. It wasn't how light they are because they're not they're not lighter than the Honda. But, right. yeah. uh, but the, the power is definitely you know it's racing. You want power, so that's mm-hmm. that's where that switch happens. So, so least- we and we had said uh, I've said on this show up and down that um, Thomas's program grabbed a took itself to another level grabbed another gear however you want to say it when he started when he was on the baldwin motor program like it he went from not getting a hole shot to being at the front of every hole shot so um that makes sense well he the first motor we did for him was right before daytona was that two years ago or two or three years ago um okay uh he said i think you guys have some homework to do and then uh, Jaime from PP Tuning came to yep. our shop, yep. and we were testing all day Friday, all day Saturday, and Sunday. So it was three days on a dyno with Thomas's bike to okay. get uh, everything we could get out of a, a Yamaha motor and still make it last for for two motos. Okay. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I knew that, uh, the PP performance tuning guy there, Jamie, um, I knew that he was part of that. I knew, uh, that's, I guess how I always said it when, when Thomas, you know, had the Baldwin motor package and he had the PP performance tuning stuff. It took him to another level. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty impressive. So then, um, then tell me about, uh, you know, I mean, doing working for Baldwin wrenching for Chad, take me through some of that. That's gotta be uh, pretty cool because I mean, you're talking two legends, right? I mean, Baldwin's legendary Chad's legendary. Uh, you're at you're you're, you know, the right hand man of kind of each of them. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It is cool. Um, I was hoping we would have had another rider because I, I I wanted to go to the line. Okay. Um, I was actually taking Mark Winchester to the line in the late, you know, right before 2010. I actually left Baltimore Motorsports. I was okay. working on bikes for a few years. Okay. Um, but then I came, I came back in like 2016 and uh, I, I wanted my own rider and uh, we just, you know, it just didn't happen. But it was at Georgia, Georgia last year. I saw Chad washing his bike and I was like, Oh, the champs washing his own bike. I went over there and I started talking to him. I said, well, where's your mechanic, Chad? Well, he said, I don't have one. I said, well, Chad, I don't have a rider, you know? So, sure. yeah. <laughs> so he called Baldwin that next week and asked uh, if I could help him out to see if it was a fit at muddy Creek. I think it was. So that was okay. the first race uh, that I was renting for Chad. Okay. And, you know, at first Chad was watching me like a hawk and I was a nervous wreck. Uh, <laughs> like like you're under the gun yeah. yeah i should i should have been used to it because baldwin still watches me uh when we're at the shop sure. but uh it, it it took a few it took a few rounds but now chad can like in between motos i just tell him go rest i like i i, I got it and if if there's a problem i'll just go knock on the door and uh, right get him well i would assume that um eventually like Chad had found some peace of mind, like you just said, because that would have been my train of thought, um, knowing you have to be meticulous if you work for Mark, right? So, um, right. so that, that's probably, that's probably why, uh, you know, he thought it was a good fit from the beginning after you mentioned it. it yeah, I, that and the amount of speed, like I've been doing this, I've been, you know, paid to turd wrenches since at least 2000. And then when I met sure. Mark, I was in high school. I'm um, okay. helping my buddy with the Yamaha Banshee at the local track. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, going from the crazy. fastest squad in the world in 98 on a Yamaha Banshee. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Crazy. 
Uh, it's crazy. It, it's got to be fun to to think back then, though, like where it all started, and then to think of you know you know where you are now, how far you've come. Now you're mm-hmm. wrenching for arguably the greatest uh, you know the greatest ATV racer of all time at the races. Um, what a cool experience for an ATV enthusiast. Like that's, that's the dream. You know, there's so many people out there that probably think, man, how do you find, like, how do you, you know, what path leads you to wrenching for Chad Wienan? Um, and the, the answer is it just happens. You know, you I, probably- know, I got lucky. I got lucky. That's- <laughs> it was, it was uh, just by chance. I went and started talking to him right. and I told him I want to go to the line. So I didn't have a rider. And then the next thing you know, I'm, I'm going to the line with Chad Wiener mm-hmm. and I, I don't get you. I'm not used to it still. Like when I look through photos from the past weekend, yeah. I'm like, Oh, there I am right there. That's me. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, that's really cool. And that's, uh, it's funny. Cause, um, I never knew how all that went down, uh, when you touched on the Fords too, because sometimes when I look at Ford's bikes, it doesn't necessarily look like a Baldwin bike to me, you know, yeah. cause I, I always think Honda and then, um, whether there's aspects of it or whatever, like I look at it and I'm like, well, it kind of looks like a Baldwin bike. It kind of looks like a Chad Wienan bike. So I didn't know if, if Chad had played a role in connecting any of the, I don't know, any, any of the dots or, um, gave anybody any cheat codes on anything. Um, it just looked like, uh, looked like, you know, Bryce's YFZ looked like, uh, like kind of like a Chad bike with a Baldwin flare or whatever. So I wondered, uh, how that all came together. Well, uh, Bryce's first rolling chassis, Chad put it together for mm-hmm. him. Okay. I think and- Bryce asked Chad to do it cause he wanted to feel what, you know, what, it's like to ride a, yep. a Chad Wiener bike. So and Bryce told us together about, Bryce and told actually us, Bryce told us about that. That's why I would have never even known to ask you the question um, if he hadn't told us. So keep going. Yeah, it had it had Fox shocks on it too, which uh, I don't know if you've ever serviced a set of those, but in a in a seal kit, there's probably uh, yeah. 40 seals in there. Yeah. That they're I'm, not you can't you can't whip them out real quick. No, I'm not probably. a Fox guy, so no, uh, well, I, I kind of have to be now, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that, 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 that's, uh, that was interesting to me when all that was going down, that was really interesting because, um, you could see in the pictures that, that were posted that there was a, there was a Chad Wienan rolling chassis and then there ooh. was, you know, totally different components. And it was, uh, it was cool to see, you know, that, um, cool to see a race team doing things the right way that way, trying to give their rider everything that they could by, you know, Mm -hmm. testing just about everything and finding the best combination for Bryce. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty special because not everybody can do that. Well, Mark. Yeah. We're never done testing. I mean, I think the Fords and, uh, Baldwin's going down to pleasure Valley this weekend because they have a local race down there that they're going to do, and they're going to try some different things out. Okay. And I, like every round I'm building a new set of shocks for those guys, just trying different lengths, different, like different sure. valving and, and doing yeah. all kinds of stuff. And what, what's hard is for me to keep like that under wraps and then Chad's <laughs> program, keeping that, uh, yeah, you know, all well, that, that, stuff well, well, that was, that was kind of some of my questions was like, you're right at the middle of this. So how do you keep it all straight? Like that, that's, uh, that's, that's crazy to me, but it's gotta, I mean, you're like, you're the one guy that's, you know, kind of in between programs. Like, I think that's awesome. Right. Yeah. I feel, uh, like I'm cheating on everybody when I'm going from <laughs> this truck to that truck over to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, with everything we're, we're always making changes at Baldwin. 
Chad's mm-hmm. always making changes too. So mm-hmm. uh, for me to remember one setup or something would be, would be pointless anyway, because no matter what the track is or the weather, yeah. uh, you can always make those fine adjustments. So it's always changing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then if anyone wants any insider information, any of the other pro riders listening um, for Georgia, we're going to run one foot of ride height and 20 pounds in every tire. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here. Chad Wien's top secret setup for Aonia Pass. But in all seriousness, so fun to hear all that because you're the only one that can tell that story. So cool. And with that, buddy, I think that'll pretty much do it for us. I just really appreciate your time. I appreciate you sharing some knowledge with us. And uh, you're so connected. You have so many stories to share. We'll have to do this again. All right. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, uh, again, I appreciate your time. I think uh, that this has been some some invaluable insight that uh, people can't really get anywhere else. So I really appreciate uh, the, the shared knowledge. And uh, like I said, I look forward to doing it again. Yeah, me too. Thanks. You're the man. That's Michael Bird brought to you by our friends at SSI Decals. Head over to SSIDecals.com today for all your needs when it comes to graphics, decals, vinyl, and so much more. Thanks again, pal. Good uh, good job in PA. Good luck in GA. And uh, we'll see you down the road. All right. We'll see you, Cody. Thanks. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goble, and the Impact crew strive to exceed clients' expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades, supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2021's impressive lineup includes Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rastrelli of the Phoenix Racing Team, myself, Cody Jansen, and my back-to-back national championships, 
Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, and many more, including all of the top 14 GNCC Series pros, led by the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, and Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com, purchase at your local dealer, or message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. 15 years into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back with us and continuing to make huge waves in the ATV world. For the second consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for some of the fastest riders on the planet. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products available for all makes and models. Want to be just like Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rostrelli riding with Factory 43's industry-leading products? Head over to factory43atv.com today. All right, jumping back in here, it was uh, Weenan, Hetrick, and Janusa on the podium and Pro Stock. Some some great racing there. Love that class. And man, some great racing uh, took place in the Pro Am and Pro Sport classes as well. Zach Decker looks to be the the class of the field in those classes. Um, also impressive is Aaron Salinas, who we're going to welcome to the show here momentarily. But Logan, uh, I have to ask you about that gnarly wreck in um, Pro Sport Moto Two. I was uh, I was right there. Kind of on one side of the jump you were right there on the other side um what'd you see because that was as gnarly of a wreck as i've seen in uh in a long time it was insane um yeah so i was standing 10 feet from the landing directly off of it getting mm-hmm. ready actually alex gillette before the race is like dude i'm gonna be throwing cool whips over it go over <laughs> and film it so i went there first okay and um yeah so i was standing over there getting ready for moto and the water truck rolled up i couldn't tell if he was spraying water or not but after looking at footage it looks like he sprayed water on it mm-hmm. and the only reason i remember is because i got covered in dust so i was hiding my camera gear when the water truck went by oh sure yep first lap i have my camera set up ready to start filming as soon as lance comes off i know he's dying he's just rev limiter front end yeah. dropped right away i put the camera down so i didn't even film from that angle luckily i had a second shooter up on the hill who was shooting it sure so we have the footage of it but yep. I ran up against the fence because I knew it was going to be bad. He rev limiters, nose dives, Aaron right behind him, rev limiters, nose dives into his bike. Brandon revs limiters, doesn't nose dive, but lands beside it. And it's mm-hmm. 360s. And then um, crazy thing, if you look at the footage and slow it down, um, who was it? Mitch Reynolds hits the triple, comes up a little short, but literally plows walker's bike out of the way and keeps going i don't know how he didn't wreck and then everybody behind them checked up but it was it's unbelievable how none of them were hurt it's honestly insane i cannot freaking believe that somebody wasn't severely hurt in that wreck so um i was kind of on the other side like kitty corner but the opposite side of the jump so i couldn't see the takeoff i can see nothing And all I see is bikes. And then I'm like, I'm thinking there's gotta be bodies in the middle of the racetrack. Like from my view, I couldn't tell. 
And then just like you said, the gnarliest part of it all was, uh, at least from my perspective there. And even when you look at the video, Mitch Reynolds blasting Lance's quad, like a pinball. I cannot freaking believe that. So, um, so glad that, that everybody walked away unscathed, which is absolutely amazing. But I, it could have been way worse. I don't know how that happens. And I was watching your video. So glad you had another, uh, another video. So did I, um, because I, I was actually thinking, I was like, how did Logan get a video? He's on the video, but anyways, um, (laughs) so, so I was like, what the hell happened? Like, Nobody was having a hard time making the triple. So I was like, what the heck happened? Then I saw on the the comments, maybe it was Bryce said something about a water truck or water or something. And then when I looked at the video, it almost looked like there was a line of saturation up, you know, the kind of the tip of the face of that thing. And man, I think the hair on my arm stood up. Like, how does that happen? You know, like, I don't know. Cause then you think of it as a racer, just, I'm sure you did too. And you go into there, you come off that roller halfway up that hill. Like you're already committed. What are you going to do? There's nothing you yeah. can do whether, yeah. and then to on top of it, like that's a blind jump. So everybody behind, they don't know what's coming. They don't know Lance is down. They don't know Aaron's down. They don't know, uh, Brandon O'Neill's, you know, 360ing and, um, all these things. Like, it's just, that is so hairy to me. And, uh, uh, just uh, unreal. I, I cannot believe that everybody walked away. It was yeah, I mean, unreal. I hate talking about it because it's it's obviously a huge mistake that we never want to deal with again. Mm-hmm. But the water was a sketchy problem all weekend. I it saw was. people going down the hills backwards because they spun out going up. But like it was Man. sketchy. And this was worst case scenario of what could happen. But thankfully, everybody walked away safe. Absolutely. So, you know, you know, me, you know how we handle this stuff on the show. I don't, I mean, I'm not saying this to be negative, um, but it was a talking point. Like I had countless people talking to me about water. You know, I had people saying, saying you have pull around here. Um, Talk to them about the water. I'm like, well, that's not my place, but yep. I was talked or Harv texted me. I think it was Monday night. He's like, what do you know? I'm like, this is my experience. And I sent him a slow motion of the video. I'm like, it looks like they watered it, but that's not my call. You, right. you make yeah. the decision. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's but, um, unreal. Yeah. The other thing that there were, I got so much criticism on the video is the flaggers. Uh, they're saying they're a lot of people are yelling at me. Like, they're like, why isn't that <laughs> photographer up there trying to wave? I'm like, you weren't there. I could have, through my cat, I could have done anything and they wouldn't have seen me. It was a completely blind jump. And where the flagger was, the video I posted, which I'm mad I posted it the way I did, I cut it after Aaron went past the flagger. So you can't see where yep. the flagger's at. The flagger okay. was in the best spot he could have been on yep. the track. It just so happened that it was the first lap. They were all so close and top four were already past the flagger when Lance was wrecking. So there's so, nothing they could have done. So the, the flagger was on like the roller part, right? He was on. Yeah, exactly. That's and the that's, best spot. He could and have that's, been that's the best spot he could have been in. And the thing about that jump, like that's as blind of a jump as there is, you know, like yeah. that's LaRocco's leap blind, you know, yep. there's, 
you have no idea. So you're relying on the flaggers. The flaggers are doing their, their best job. You got to remember that all the riders were right on top of each other. Like, like Aaron was right behind Lance and, and so on and so forth. As you go down the line with Brandon O'Neill and and Mitch Reynolds and all these guys, they were right on top of each other. So, um, and then when you talk about it's the pro sport class, so there's very few classes that are a higher level than them there's a trust. Like you all trust each other that nobody's going to do anything too sketchy. Exactly. Then you add, uh, you know, a different, uh, uh, ulterior factor. You got another factor, you know, that could be the water that you're talking about and that changes everything. But, um, the flaggers didn't do anything wrong. The riders didn't do anything wrong and not to draw any attention to it, but there was probably another factor there that, uh, that, you know, kind of played a role. Thankfully though, thankfully, um, for all the listeners out there, the main thing that matters is that everybody walked away. Okay. You know, yeah, I mean, everybody got away. Okay. That could have been so gnarly and, uh, everybody walked away. So we just got to count our blessings with that and move on. Yeah. I was talking to Aaron an hour after that happened and mm-hmm. there's, he was very close to being seriously injured. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I literally texted him, I think it was Sunday night because he did great in pro-am. He just lost yeah. the, team in the second race. So he yeah. didn't race. And I texted him I was like, dude, bummed about the chain, but thankfully you're alive. Like, I I don't care how bad, like you're the mistakes you did. You're alive Mm because this weekend was insane. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So, um, we saw Aaron on the video. You just talked about him. He went for a gnarly ride there. Let's welcome him on to, uh, talk about the wreck and the ups and downs of his weekend, just like you referenced. All right, guys, excited to talk to this next guest brought to you by Bronco ATV and UTV components, electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, suspension parts, bearing kits, and more. Bronco is your source for replacement hard parts and accessories. Visit your local dealer and ask for Bronco ATV and UTV components or visit them online at broncoatv.com. Say hello to first-time guest Aaron Salinas. What's up, man? Thanks for uh, for being here. Stoked to talk about a up-and-down weekend at High Point for you. Oh yeah. How's it going? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like, uh, just like I said to you before we hit record on this thing, um, I feel like you're the perfect guy to talk to you. You were right in the mix on everything good and bad. I feel like, um, and you're one of the key players here in 2021 in pro-am and pro sport. And the, the crazy part to me, Aaron, is how young these classes are right now. I mean, it seems like nearly the entire class is teenagers. You're basically only a year removed from two fifties college boy last year. And, you know, now you're a contender in pro-am. And I think, uh, for most guys, um, or I think of most of you guys as, as two fifty riders yet, but that's really not the case anymore. Um, and, and I guess that's kind of a testament to how fast the young group of riders that you've been racing for so long. It's like you were racing in two fifties, then you're racing in a class. And now already you're racing in pro-am. It's kind of the same group of guys. It's a testament to how fast you're all going. I feel like, Oh yeah, it's crazy. We've been, I mean, me, Zach, I mean, Max is now a pro, but I mean, yeah. I race, but he was always on a, you know, another level, which, sure. but, uh, we've been racing since, I mean, 85, like going back that far. So, and we just all came up through the ranks together. So, I mean, it's been pretty crazy, but I mean, it's fun. I mean, we're all friends and stuff. So it, I mean, it's, we have some good battles too. So. Yeah. So what is that? What is it like? Um, and I've been there. Um, but what is it like for you? You know, now you're kind of racing some of the same guys or whatever, but now it's in the pro-am class. Like, I feel like 
it's a little bit different just because, I mean, for all kids, right? Like all of us, when you're growing up, like you look at pro-am as the lights class, if you compare it to, to motocross stuff. So, um, so it's a big deal. So is there like more clout or whatever, or is there more nerves or anything? Cause it's pro-am or is it just normal because it's kind of some of the same guys? I mean, there's definitely, I feel like it's different for sure. Like more, like, I mean, it's always been competitive, but it, I feel like it's like, you know, like, oh, you, you're friends, but you can still, you know, push it in there. So it's not, it's nothing too friendly for sure. Mm-hmm. More competitive, I guess you could say, and aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, there's more on the line too, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, just a little more, little more comes along with the pro-am stuff. How old are you, pal? I'm 18, just turned 18. Okay. Yeah. I figured you had to be 17 or 18. Like I said, I mean, that whole class just seems, uh, so young right now and it's crazy and it's awesome for, for the, the health of the sport. Right. Um, you know, there's so much young talent, obviously you're part of that. So that's a uh, pretty special. So talking about high point, the, the final results don't really tell the story for you. Um, because you were in contention for overalls in both classes, really, you slayed the first moto second in pro sport and, uh, and you won your first ever pro-am moto take me through the emotions of, um, winning that pro-am moto. You know, I, I see the, 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 the view. And then I saw some pictures of it, of like your two arms in the air. Um, I remember that feeling of winning my first pro-am moto and I never got an overall. Um, so hopefully, uh, I, I have a feeling that that's not going to be the case for you, but that's a uh, pretty special, pretty, pretty freaking special feeling. I think, um, especially to do it so early on, like you are, it's the, it's the realization of a childhood dream. I feel like, so take me through kind of that feeling and the emotion when you got that win there. I mean, so I mean, as you know, Saturday, the wreck happened and stuff like that. So, I mean, it honestly meant a lot more, especially after that happened. Yeah. And just to go out there, I mean, out my body was beat, I mean, from from before. So, right. it was just – and then the first win failing of Pro-Am, I mean, it, it was – and it all was just uh, – it was just there. All the emotions were let out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was so excited. Yeah, like, that's that's awesome. And you had to, um, you know, you led that moto, but you had to, you had to race hard to keep that win. I feel like so. Um, and then like the harder it is, it's almost like the more you appreciate it. I feel like so. That's kind of what you're touching on, where kind of had some some hurdles to overcome or whatever, and then it makes it that much more special. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It's I mean, I I mean that was like one of like the most memorable moments for sure for me. Well, it, it wasn't an overall, but it had to be like you know kind of a, like a highlight of your career i would think that was the biggest moto win you've ever had probably yeah oh yeah for sure Definitely. So, yeah. So, um, the first motos were awesome, both of them for you. And then the second motos were kind of disastrous. Like both of them were not good. So, um, I believe I read that you bent your chain guard and it derailed your chain in the pro-am second moto. Is yep. that right? First lap. So over the triple, I mean, I don't know what was, what that triple had something against me. So Obviously. over the triple, there's that left-hander and there was a rut and I guess I that's what I hit and it bent my chain guard and my chain came off right by the right at the finish line first lap. Oh geez. So I mean you were in position um to win that overall too. I okay. mean you all I had to do was get second. So and yeah. I was I mean, right where I needed to be. Right, um, right. So um so yeah, that, that's obviously a heartbreaker there because I thought to myself as I'm doing the math, um, you know, kind of watching that that first moto, I'm like, Aaron's gonna have a chance to win the second moto, obviously, just the way it played out. So uh, or, or win the overall, I should say. That's just uh, had a gut feeling there. So um, bummed to see it see it go down like that. What what are you running for a chain guide? Uh, 
I honestly couldn't tell you. Okay. So, so I had, um, years ago, years ago, I had a pro mechanic tell, you know, ask us why we were running a certain chain guard and our chain guide. And, um, I switched to the four works one because it's carbon fiber and it's able to give a little bit and it can't bend like the metal one. So maybe, uh, maybe, well, that, uh, that's something for sure. I need to, right. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you between that race and the next race, I had all the carbon fiber ones on all my bikes. Cause oh, that, yeah. I, mean, yeah, that's I don't think that'll ever happen again. Never again. Literally yeah. you, learn, you learn the hard way. So, um, Okay. So we touched on it a little bit. Um, the main topic of conversation, something that kind of sparked this conversation here, I feel like is the, the gnarly wreck that everyone has seen by now caught by our friends at Tremellon media house. Um, tell me about that, that huge wreck on the opening lap of pro sport moto two. Okay. So, I mean, really like first moto came out second. I mean, I felt all, the best I felt all year. Okay. So coming into the second moto, I was so confident, ready to do it. Got a good start, came out second. Uh, Lance Walker's right in front of me. Uh, we go up that – so they watered down the hill. Okay. They go, watered it going down the hill but not up the hill. Okay. But then they watered the face. So we jump, and it's dry, of course. And mm -hmm. then once once we hit the face, I mean, that, that thing was wide open. So, sure. yeah. I mean, Lance hit it, and I just saw him – I mean, I'm already committed. I'm right behind him, of course. Obviously, yeah. So, I mean, it's wide open. So we're going, and I just see as I'm spinning my as my tires are spinning, I see him nose. Just I'm like, I'm committed. I can't do like. There's nothing I can do. Either I make right. the jump, or I. I mean, I just at that point, I'm like, okay, I just throttle it out. And he, so he nose dives and straight into the into the landing of the face, mm -hmm. and he flips, and I'm as soon as I let off the face, I knew it was going to be bad. And I'm like, okay, do, all I remember is do I bell? Do I not? Do I bell? I mean, and I've watched the video so many times. It's, <laughs> it's I've watched it an insane amount of times and you yeah. can see my, my like knees, like go like if I'm about to jump and then I stay on. And then like last minute, my hands, I, I just let go and I'm like, okay, whatever happens, happens. Yep. And I mean, so that happened and, Honestly, I didn't even know I got slung around like that. I did not know that until <laughs> I watched so it. Fast. Yeah. Oh, it happened so fast. Yeah. Oh, happened so fast. And so that happened. I flip, I guess. And all I hear is just, even if you listen to the video, you, you can hear panic. Panic rev. Yeah. Oh so think That's... about that. Think about that times a thousand. So I was, I was like kind of standing in that corner, um, kind of like, if you were going down to staging. So I'm like kind of kitty corner from the jump, but I can see you guys land and I hear panic rev. And then I hear, um, like I hear a gasp and everything. And I see a bike flipping and it was, it was Lance. Like yeah. I see the, the, the quad land, like laying upside down on the face and then just bike after bike after bike coming. And it was, I mean, all I could think of is that there's just bodies down and there's people's landing this triple. Like that's what it felt like from my vantage point. Cause I couldn't see all that. Obviously we see on the video, the, the Tremellon video um, that everybody like honestly got out like pretty okay. Um, like, like you were kind of talking about. So I didn't know, I was like, what the hell happened? Because nobody was having a hard time hitting the triple, right? So um, I'm like, how does that happen? And then I'm like looking at the comments on the video because I still didn't know. And I read that 
that they had watered the face. And then when I went back and watched the video, like you can see, just like you said, like you guys um, go up over that, you know, kind of single roller thing. And it's not even wet there. Like it's at like the actual incline of the, of the um, takeoff. And I, I would have like, everybody would have done exactly what you guys did. Um, so there's no fault of you guys. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. I mean, obviously it was a mistake. Like I'm not here <clears throat> to bash on anybody, but, um, I, I just, that cannot happen ever. So, um, and then the other thing is like touching on your dismount and I've never, I have never purposely bailed in my entire life of riding, I've never purposely bailed, but the way you did it, like maybe it was that indecision, maybe that was the blessing, but you dismounted. Like, I feel like, and you flipped or whatever, like you went for a wild ride, but I feel like it couldn't have been any better. Like it worked out where, where you didn't get smashed by anything. You didn't, the, the quad didn't tackle you. Like you didn't, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like it was kind of like the meant to be that way. Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, like lucky, like yeah, yeah. talk about bad luck and then talk about lucky. So, I mean, it all evens out, you know? Right. And, but yeah, like, yeah, the face was, I mean, oh, you could just see. And I mean, no matter what, who was in front, I mean, if I was in front, Zach it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Matter. It, it yeah. Wouldn't happen. I mean, we all went on the same line that lasted. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just, yeah. it was, yeah. I mean, oh, it was my gosh. crazy. Yeah. So, um, and like you said, the, um, the, the sound of all the rev limiters, like you said on the video, it's hairy. Like that is, yeah, it's like making the hair on my arm stand up. It's hairy. And, and, um, so like you said, I mean, Lance was already down, you go cartwheeling, Brandon O'Neill does this crazy, like 360 thing. <laughs> um, that was as crazy as anything. I feel like Mitch Reynolds, uh, goes for a crazy ride blasting what I think was Lance's quad. Like he went for as wild a ride as anybody. Um, even though like he didn't fall off. I mean, that was, that was crazy. Cause he was flying when he hit I don't that. Know how he made the jump. I was, I, I went up to him. I'm like, how'd you make the jump? And he's yeah. like, I hit it on the right side. And, and I'm like, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way. I don't know. That's it's unreal. And then, um, then you kind of wonder like, um, or, or I guess, you know, you wonder like why some people are afraid of blind jumps. And this is exactly why, like, this is that person's biggest fear. Right. Oh, oh yeah. And it, I mean, it, it all happens. So like, we're all back to back it's first lap. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing you could do. Right. Yeah. Like you said, it could have been anybody. Um, but it's wild that everybody kind of got, uh, got out like pretty unscathed. Your dad, um, I passed, uh, cross paths with your dad after the moto and he was trying to find Lance and, and, uh, do, did you get an update on how he, like, was he okay? So yeah, he, he was okay. I think he, uh, his elbow is pretty bruised up. Okay. Okay. Looked like we all came out pretty, I mean, could have been way worse than what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a blessing for sure. Um, it just looked like the scary part for me at first was it looked like he, like he like was down, like on his hands and knees in the middle of the track. 
And thankfully, like, obviously that could have been bad. Thankfully um, everybody was able to get out of there uh, pretty okay. And, and like I said, I mean, we're, we're obviously glad you're okay. Um, you know, your starting point here in these fast ass classes is super impressive and presumably you're only going to get better. So I'm glad that uh, you were able to get through that whole crazy situation. Obviously then we saw some of the highest of highs on Sunday. So, I mean, you should be able to put this obviously all to bed. It seemed like you already had on Sunday and uh, it's going to be really fun to see how this 2021 season plays out for you. Um, because like I said, you're killing it now and to have your starting point in these classes be so high, you're only going to get better. Um, I feel like that's got to have you excited and it's fun just as, as fans or whatever to, to follow, um, you know, having, having you on such a great, uh, jumping off point. I think it's going to be really exciting going forward. Oh yeah. And it's cool too to see all the 250 guys coming up. I mean, there's going to be a lot. I mean, there's 30 riders every race. So, I mean, I think it'll be pretty sweet like to see, Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone jump up, you know? Yeah. I mean, going forward, like in those, uh, you know, we've had Casey on the show talking about that. The 250 class to him is like a mini pro class. So, I mean, going forward, look ahead two, three, four years, hopefully, you know, like you guys are doing now, you young riders at the, at these, you know, these fast classes, uh, I think that this is something that we can kind of be, you know, expect like, um, you were kind of, and obviously the 250 class has been around for a little while, but when you talk about the, the Bryce Fords and now you and, and Max and, and these riders that have, you know, raced the two fifties, you guys have, um, kind of had the 250 like your whole career prior to that, the 250 wasn't necessarily a thing. Um, I think you're kind of seeing, you know, the trickle down effect of you guys being on like 450 quality bikes, fast bikes, pro level bikes, but 250s, the trickle down effect of like how far ahead you are of riders back in the day, because even, I mean, Brandon Hogue was, uh, was really, really good right when he got on a 450, but he was coming from a 300 EX. Like he was one of the last holdovers of that. That was more my generation. Uh, Jeffrey Rastrelli. I mean, Joel Hetrick was on a Z400, like, those guys were all good right away. Like they're the 1%, but you guys being on such great bikes to start with, I think you're seeing, you know, that you're able to make a pretty seamless transition into the top 450 classes. And I think that sets you up for success long-term. Oh yeah. And it's, I mean, those bikes are, I mean, they're almost like a 450. I mean, they are power to weight ratio, power to weight ratio. You're not giving up anything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's crazy to see. And I mean, even the mini, like the fifties, I mean, the numbers I feel like are insane. So it's, it, I'd yeah. love to see that. It, it's awesome. I mean, the, the, all those youth classes are big. Um, so I love to see that. And it seems like people are sticking around because the, like last year, the 90 classes were huge. Now the 250 classes are huge. And hopefully that just continues to kind of refill um, these classes as the sport hopefully grows. So uh, before, before we get out of here, I want to talk about your, uh, your buddy, Max Linquist. I know you guys are close, um, three consecutive fourth overall finishes to start his pro career, which is unbelievable. Uh, is this what you expected out of him? On Yeah. On, yes. Honestly. Yep. It is. And he, uh, he actually came, uh, to Dallas for a little bit before the three pounds race and we trained together and stuff, but okay. I, mean, I talked to him twice, three times a week. So, I mean, I knew what he was doing, how he's, I mean, he, he works hard, so. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet to see him up there and like it. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like you said, we're pretty close. So yeah. Yeah. I knew you I, were I knew he'd do good. Though. I knew, I knew you guys were tight. So I wanted to get your opinion. Um, but it's crazy how after just like, it took two races or whatever, and he already, like, it's like you see him 
like battling with those guys. I mean, he's around Wesley Wolf and Nick Janusa and Jeffrey Rastrelli and these really, really, really good guys, Brandon Hogue. And it's like nothing special. It's like, that's what we expect from him now. It's crazy. That's the part to try to wrap your head around like where he is after, after, you know, so little time. Um, it's just, that's unbelievable to me. Yeah. He's just one, like, he's one of the guys, like he's one of those guys to, yeah, you know, I just, it's unreal to me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, His, his progress, like just from pro-am to, to pro and to do that, like to step up that big, like that's what I, that's how I want to do it. You know? Yeah. That, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, kind of following your buddy's footsteps. Like he's kind of paved the way, like he's shown you how to do it. And especially when you have somebody in your corner, that's um, that's done that. I mean, I, I would imagine going forward, he'll be able to give you some tips when that time comes for you, because you're not going to be far off of kind of doing what he's doing, you know, going forward. I assume in the next year or two, you're going to be in that class too. And um, going to be exciting stuff. Oh yeah, it should be sick. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, pal. Well, uh, I want to congratulate you, um, obviously, on some awesome riding. I mean, winning some of these motos and being right up at the front of these classes is pretty special. Uh, I want to thank you for the conversation. And uh, if you keep slaying it, man, I'm sure you're going to be back right here on Digging Deep before you know it. Sounds good. Yeah, it was. I mean, thank you so much for having me. I mean, this is awesome. And it was cool for me. Um, like I said, I mean, you were ups and downs, you know, this weekend, you were in the middle of it all, but, uh, to see some of the emotion from the pro-am win and, uh, to be able to talk through that, uh, that craziness that happened on Saturday evening, all that stuff. Um, uh, you were the perfect guy. And honestly, um, I've heard nothing but good things of you, uh, about you over the last handful of years, but, uh, man, I'm a fan to, I just, uh, like, uh, like, uh, respectful, um, you know, I don't, don't want to call you a kid but a clean cut respectful person like you are it seems like you're wise beyond your years and that's going to be um that's going to pay off big time going forward uh, i feel like you'll be a fan favorite for a lot of people and also um success finds success follows people um kind of built how you are i don't know how else to say it so um you've made a fan of me and uh, excited to see all the all the great things that are had for you thank you i appreciate that like that's awesome coming from you so Awesome man. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, it's been a pleasure. That's Aaron Salinas, a rider to keep your eye on here in 2021 and beyond, brought to you by Bronco ATV and UTV Components. See you soon, mate. Thanks again. Sounds good. Thank you. Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC has been supplying riders with aftermarket components from the industry's top brands for over a decade. With over 80,000 products in stock for your ATVs, UTVs, metric, and HD motorcycles, dirt bikes, and snowmobiles, Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC can tend to all your power sports needs, from hard parts to riding gear. Bikes, Trikes, and Quads also offers hard-to-find used parts for your vintage dirt bike, ATV, three-wheeler, or snowmobile. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for 10% off of orders of $100 or more. We're grateful to have Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Thank you, BTQ LLC. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. 
With comfort and quality as key motivators, the Family Affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement, because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com, that's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com, and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. All right, winding down here, I want to touch on a few more subjects uh, to finish things off, starting with Andrea Berger. Uh, She grabbed the the win in the WMX class. Um, Josh Klein from PH3 Photos, and I have publicly been going back and forth a little bit because I have Andrea, and he has Shaw as his title pick. Um, You know, I'm on top for now. Probably going to stay there, but uh, who do you have, Logan, as your your top female ATV racer, Berger or Shaw? Who would you pick if you had to pick today? I have Berger. She's been so dominant in years past, and yeah. I mean, not to be biased, but I mean, R- River and my family has supported Andrea a ton. Mm-hmm. She supported me with photos, yeah. but that's besides the point. Andrea's been dominant in the past, and I mean, she definitely had competition for her oh, yeah. at Texas. I was yep. surprised how how well Neum rode, yep. but I'm expecting Andrea's experience in the class to just uh-huh. outperform. So Shaw, I want to give her credit. Like this is nothing against her by any means. Yeah. Like, she is, yep. she's flying. Like she definitely grabbed some more gears. Um, yeah. Definitely taking her program to another level. Andrea, I mean, I have a connection to Andrea because she's from where I'm from just down the <laughs> road. Um, I mean, her dad's my dad's age, but I grew up racing her dad like yeah. at local races and stuff. And so I, so now I watch Andrea and I see Bill, I see her dad in Andrea, like she's savvy and she's smart and she's calculated and all these things. So I feel like a rider like that is just uh, hard to bet against. Um, so obviously uh, you know, in my heart, I'm pulling for Andrea, but I just, like we talked about with some other racers and other classes um, her, her program and, and all of her qualities, her attributes uh, just have a hard time picking against her. I really do. And then as soon as somebody's like, you know, calling you out, you know, like I'm going to double down and you're for Andrea <laughs> that much harder, you know, it's just awesome to see like really good competition in this class. Again, Agreed. there's a few yep. years where it was just, you know, nothing, nobody crazy fast, you know, besides yep. when was it? I don't even remember. It was a long time ago where there was solid competition and it's yeah. cool to see it back in the class. Yeah. 10 years since we saw, yeah, you know, exactly. really, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was 
really cool. I do. Uh, and I've said this before on the show, but I think the, you know, the, the birth of the new women's class, that women's 15th plus class um, should help that WMX class going forward. I think that that'll be a really good feeder class and a, a good kind of middle ground from the, the school girl classes um, kind of to the WMX class. So uh, I think that that'll be really good going forward. Uh, one last guy I want to touch on. And uh, when, when you perform like he did at high point, we have no choice, but to cover him. another Wisconsin rider, JJ Launderville. Uh, one, three overalls at high point, 450A, production A, and production stock AB. This kid is fresh off of 250s where he won three titles in 2020. Um, he was also named Youth Rider of the Year. We awarded him our first ever Digging Deep Rising Star Award. Logan, JJ Launderville is a star in the making. This kid is blowing my mind. Yeah, I mean, he almost seemed like he came out of nowhere. Like last year he did good in two fifties, but I never would have guessed he'd be standing on top of all three of the classes in, you know, a, all a classes this yeah. year from how he rode last year. It just seemed like he matured so much and progressed so much in the off season. Mm-hmm. And I was grateful enough to go to his house. I think it was last weekend to shoot with him personally and see his, mm-hmm. his gym and their whole facility there. And it's, yeah. it definitely shows how he's put together such a solid program. So last year is when he really, when he really um, came out of nowhere for me. So I have, I mean, I, I go way back with those guys. Uh, Launderville Steel was title sponsor of my pro program at one point. So I go way back with those guys. So I've, I, I have pictures of JJ and I at their house there at the, at the house when track and everything was nothing like it is now. Yeah. He's just a little guy. Now I'm the little guy. He's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but I mean, that had to have been 2014, 15, something like that. So it's been a while. Um, but yeah, to see where he's come, he came off the, I mean, he was a good, good rider, always been a good rider, but last year he became this dominant force. And so he wins all those 250 titles. And now, just like you said, so he came off, he came out of nowhere for me last year. Now in the A classes, he just looks like that same rider. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I expect to win all these races when I line up, I'm planning to win. And even when you listen to JJ talk, I mean, nobody believes in himself more than AJ, uh, JJ, not in an arrogant way by any means. He's just a believer. And that's, I think one of the things that makes him so dangerous, you know, like he's got a self-belief and uh, I mean, he's not going to be stopped. He's uh, gnarly. And, and I can't believe, I mean, he's part of this group of young, young, fast riders. That's the future of the sport. And uh, I mean, you won't find a better young man and the Launderville family is incredible. Um, and not to mention they support digging deep, which, you know, I'm internally grateful for, but I, he is so deserving. He's so deserving. He's such a great kid. And then the racer he's become, uh, it's, it's amazing. I, 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 I don't even know what to say. It's, it's incredible. He's, he's killing it. Yeah. I mean, his composure and confidence really surprised me when I did an interview with him. Like last mm-hmm. thing I remember last time I remember having like a conversation with him, he was like quiet, you know, yeah. he was yep. kind of kept to himself. And when I was asking him the questions, like he was giving really good, like, deep like confident answers and it showed that like he's gonna be the top guy and in his head he is the top like he's showing it in results but like before he even got to the track he knew Mm -hmm. and i mean that just shows just how well how confident how solid his program is and that's even besides or 
beyond the fact that, I mean, the family's great, the program's obviously proven with Joel on the Yamaha yeah. and he has Leon as a mechanic to keep it lighthearted and fun as he's doing mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've said this before, um, not in a public setting, but I've said this before that JJ has used this sport to come out of his shell. You know, just like you said, um, the conversations, the deep thought, the, you know, the, um, the deep thinking and the way he's articulating all these things, um, that wasn't JJ a number of years ago. And I truly believe that he's used, you know, ATV motocross, ATV racing, all of this, uh, you know, it, it's kind of helped prompted him to come out of a shell. And like I said, he's always been an amazing kid. Like I said, you couldn't imagine finding a better young man, but man, what the sport has done for him. I truly believe like he's without, without ATV motocross, without ATV racing. I don't know if he would be who he is today with like, and that's the case with so many of us, but man, he's really come out of a shell and he's going to be uh he's going to be a force to be reckoned with going forward. Like, I don't see this changing anytime soon with how dominant he's looking. Um, he's going to be a dominant force going forward all the way up to the top. Yeah, I completely agree. So um, one last thing before we let you go, buddy, um, I haven't gotten uh, a chance to touch on our impact solutions, impact moment yet um, where we highlight something good and positive that's happening or happened in ATV motocross and kind of, I mean, kind of similar, um, you know, I guess not far off from what I was talking about with JJ. Um, but at high point, I found myself conversing with the, the staging guy down at the starting gate on Saturday night. Shorty, I think was his name. Great guy. And, uh, our conversation found its way to talking about the stereotypical mini dads and, um, you know, how they can, you know, unfairly be harsh to their young riders. Um, but instead of, um, kind of talking about that, I want to take a second to showcase a young rider and her family that are doing things the right way. Kind of like we just talked about with the Launderville's doing things the right way. They represent, uh, so much good, everything that's right about ATV motocross. And the, the same goes for this next rider, a rider, you know, I think a rider you've shot for in the past, or maybe shoot for now, um, Kayla Kendrick, Kayla comes from, uh, a family where both of her brothers race competitively in some of the fastest amateur classes, winning titles, extremely competitive. Um, and they've since moved on. Devin is now going to school and Larry's in the military yet. Tim, their father still travels all over the country for Kayla to do her thing. And, uh, to me, that's just, that's the coolest thing to the point that, um, you know, it's like moved me to tears over the past year plus of thinking about this. Um, because, you know, Kayla just graduated to the, the new women's 15 plus class and Kayla isn't going to win. She finished ninth at high point, but she's out there doing her best. She's trying her hardest. She's, you know, enjoying her time on the ATV, enjoying her time with her friends at the track. And then her dad is enjoying traveling the country with his daughter doing what she loves. Um, you know, we're all competitive. It's a competitive sport, but I think that it's important that people know, um, you know, we should never let the competitiveness suck the fun out of it for you or your rider or the rest of your family. Kayla loves, um, loves ATV motocross and Kayla's love for ATV motocross is, is what it's all about. Really. Um, that's kind of why I wanted to touch on this. Um, it's so basic, but it's, 
so basic that I feel like it almost needs to be showcased. And I wish that there was more dynamics out there like this, like the dynamic with Kayla's family, um, because it's all about having fun. It's all about doing your best. And, um, I just wish there was a little more of that at times. So if you're on the way to the track right now, so many of you listen to our show as you're on the way to the racetrack, maybe think about having uh, focus on having some fun because, um, and you know, Logan, uh, most of us are at our best when, when we're having fun, that's when, uh, we're most successful. I'm all a big believer in positive reinforcement. We touched on this a little bit with Brandon earlier. Um, let's build each other up. That's how we get the best out of one another. That's, uh, that's, you know, what our sport is all about. And that's what the impact solutions impact moment is all about. So, um, I just wanted to be able to touch on that. You know, we see there, we all see things maybe at the racetrack that, that, you know, you don't want to see, and you never want somebody to be robbed of the the fun and the joy and the love that they have for the sport. So, um, and like I said, I feel like the, the more positive, the more, the more, um, fun that a person can have, that's the, that's how you're going to be more successful, whether that's, you know, saying it to yourself, being positive for yourself, or, you know, maybe for your younger rider or whatever, the more positive, the more uplifting, um, the more, you know, happy little bubble you can create. I feel like that's the best, how you're going to, that's the, the way to get the best, um, out of somebody, whether it's racing, whether it's at a job, whether it's in a relationship, whatever it is, um, you know, that's kind of probably, uh, probably, this is probably the most meaningful impact solutions impact moment that we've had. Um, because I feel like that's a message that can't be said, uh, enough. I'll let you hop in there. Yeah. I mean, going back to the Kendricks ever since I've been in ATV motocross, I've been racing against Devin and mm-hmm. I always, I, I don't think I told anybody outside of my immediate family, but I always told him like, when I can, I want to sponsor them. It's just good yeah. energy. They were always there. They were always racing. They were competitive, but you know, they weren't beating each other up. And um, yeah, I'm actually really grateful that now I just have the opportunity to work with them by giving them photos. And um, yeah, it's just so cool to see just such an awesome family, literally just putting it all on the line, not even just to, not even to get results, just to go out there and have fun and spend time together as a family. Mm -hmm. And I guess I didn't even touch on that, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're grassroots. They're, um, you know, they've, they've had tents, they sleep in their trailer. They, they, I mean, they, they just, but, but they love it. They love it just as much as anybody. And then, like I said, and I'm telling you, I've shed tears about this thinking about that. This is what Kayla loves to do. And Tim brings her all over the country to do her thing when it used to be, there used to be three riders, right? Like they're, and then they were really competitive. So, um, for some people, maybe it's harder to justify, you know, driving all over the country, doing what, you know, what we all love to do, but it's, it can be expensive, um, to drive all over the country. Um, and the, the part that makes me emotional is it didn't matter when Devin was winning the B class or if Kayla's getting ninth in the, the new women's 15 plus class, it didn't matter to Tim. It was like, this is what we love to do. Kayla is such a great young lady. Like she deserves the opportunity. Kind of like I was saying with, with JJ too. great kids, um, feel like it's kind of a great lesson, great, great thing to showcase. Um, because when you, you know, you do the right thing, you're a good kid, you're respectful, um, all those things, you deserve that opportunity. And, uh, the part that I wanted to, to share was just, uh, think that that's so cool. The doesn't matter how you do, as long as you're having fun, as long as you're trying hard, um, that's really all that matters. 
Logan, with uh, with that, let's call it a wrap. I think that that's a great way to uh, obviously end uh, yeah. and end the episode and the segment and everything on a, on a positive note. Um, I can't thank you enough for uh, for the great conversation. I appreciate your um, input so much, and uh, I, I guess I have to ask you before I let you out of here: What can we expect from this next installment of uh, of your groundbreaking video series? I know I'm not the only one over here awaiting the the next one to drop. I love those things. Yeah, it definitely seems like a lot of people are liking them. I'm getting yeah. a lot of compliments on them. Mm-hmm. Um, what to expect. The next one is Nick Janusa and JJ Launderville. I already have all the interviews. I have all the footage. It's just a matter of putting – I haven't even started. I haven't looked at any <laughs> of the footage yet. I've been super busy. So okay. hopefully I'll have it out in a week's time right before Georgia. That's the goal. But okay. who knows? I got a lot on my plate right now. But, so, so how long yeah, does I mean, it take you to piece those things together? Um, the first one, I think it took – 40 hours because it was like super new you know there's so much that goes into creating a whole series from scratch now right. i kind of i mean this is the fifth one i think maybe fourth one um so it, there's kind of a bit more strategy when i go into it i know what to look for i know how to organize everything sure. like i know what i'm doing i'm not started from scratch so i'd say i don't know 15 20 25 hours somewhere in that ballpark not including the days I'm shooting, the days I'm filming, the right. full day that I went to Janusa's, the full Wisconsin trip to go to JJ's. So there's a lot of time, a lot of money and energy that goes into this. Awesome. Well, uh, obviously, like I said, uh, me included, but so many of us anxiously, anxiously await for those. And uh, I can't thank you enough for including um, our Digging Deep audio in them. It's a, it's truly an honor uh, for us to be a, you know, a small, but to be a part of it. Um, it, it puts a huge grin on my face every time I'm watching this video. That's <laughs> so cool because our, our sport doesn't have stuff like that. It's kind of more behind yeah. the scenes stuff. And then to, uh, to hear our audio kind of narrating the story, um, I, I mean, I, I love it. I love it. So I'm grateful for, uh, for, for kind of the opportunity. And, uh, like I've told you in person, I'll say it now again, any way that I can ever help. Um, you know, I'm always, uh, always just a phone call or a text away. Yeah. I mean, I literally wouldn't be able to build the story I am without your audio. So I'm so grateful that you're doing this as well. Awesome, man. Well, uh, again, I can't thank you enough for, for being a part of this. Um, it's always so much fun. It's, it's great, uh, to have another, um, you know, another, uh, another person to kind of look at everything and see, um, what's going on at the races. I love the, the perspective and, uh, yeah, just grateful to have you here. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to add, um, that I'm super excited about and I think will help grow the sport okay. is at high point. It, it went okay, but we did a pro class live stream. I yes. mean, it was yes. very last minute. We didn't get approval to do it until Friday evening. So I was going ahead with it, but I was just like, I was waiting. I didn't sure. wrap everything up until literally midnight Friday night to yep. go ahead and do it Saturday. So okay. hopefully this race, I got different camera gear ordered, um, you know, different way we're going to approach it um basically okay. won't be behind fans better audio better camera for the whole program awesome. so just a matter of having phone service but yeah as long as everything goes smoothly we'll be live streaming every single pro race for the rest of the season awesome yeah that was going to be my question is, is this something that we can expect going forward so um that's great for anybody that can't be at the races uh it's going to be a way to um reliably, uh, be able to tune into these things. So that's, that's really exciting. Um, on behalf of all ATV motocross fans, we can't thank you enough for, for doing that, but, uh, that's going to be really exciting. So what's the best way to, uh, kind of find that? Should we just monitor the the social media pages? Should we, uh, is the easiest way to find it on your YouTube channel? Tell, tell us, uh, what's the, the best way to find that? 
Yeah, um, we didn't do a good job of promoting it at High Point because I couldn't share about it till Saturday morning. So right. literally even Joel and Chad didn't know about it. They both texted me like, dude, why didn't you let me know? I was like, well, I didn't even know. So, so yeah, I'm sure heading into Georgia, as long as everything goes smoothly phone service wise, um, yep. we'll be promoting the crap out of it on all of our social media and it'll okay. be live on our YouTube channel. Oh, I mean, credit to me for, for sharing it at, uh, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. It was so last minute. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm obviously joking. When I saw yeah. that pop up, um, really excited because up till this point, when you're not at the races, you got to hope that somebody's like Instagram live feeding it or whatever. So, um, yeah. to, to see that, uh, this is going to be something that people can expect and, and, um, at, at the races going forward, that's a great thing. And also, uh, you know, for people to know, to know that that's where you can go to, to, to follow, uh, the live races to see the video. Um, I feel like that's just going to gain more and more momentum. So, um, big asset, great asset for, for the sport you are. So I appreciate all you're doing there. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm excited to do it. Awesome, man. Well, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's tie this thing up. I'll let you get out of here on that note. Just want to, uh, thank you one more time for joining us and, uh, until next time. Yeah. Till next time. Awesome, man. Keep up the great work. Thanks again for joining us and uh, we'll see you at a race real soon. See ya. Thanks, pal. What an episode. Are you ready to go back racing this weekend or what? Major thanks to tonight's guests, Brandon Hogue, Michael Bird, Aaron Salinas, and Logan Tremellen. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Four Works Carbon, DP Brakes, Script Gloves, Factory 43, Bike Strikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including Digging Deep shirts and hoodies, our Quad Guys Get Hot Chicks shirts and hoodies, back-to-back National Champ merch, and more are all available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com. If you're looking for another easy way to help support us or help us make it to a few more events here in 2021, visit our website and click the Buy Me a Coffee button. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to help us out. You can call our voicemail line anytime at 920-569-3519 and follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content, Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy Info, and more as racing continues to heat up. One final reminder, lineups do not roll over, so head over to ATVFantasy.com today to select your team and lock it in before the gate drops at Aonia Pass. You have until 12.30 Eastern on Saturday. Also, congrats to our event winners so far, including Justin Branham and Alex Hodeck, who tied for the top spot at High Point. We have some sick exclusive prizes shipping out to all of our winners soon. Look forward to getting those in the mail shortly. As for the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links, and discount codes are new show merchandise, fantasy 
Policy Info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com. So check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Brandon Hogue, Michael Bird, Aaron Salinas, Logan Tremellen, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV Racing, 2 million downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. Now let's go racing. See you next time. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quadlers are freaking gnarly.